just when you thought it was safe to go back in the space. We're back with part two. All right, Mr. Salem, let's bring us into the end of the quadrilogy. Uh, yes. Alien Resurrection. Yes. Um, now, this one is, it takes place 200 years later. Uh-huh. After Alien 3. Um, yeah. It essentially opens up with, I'm trying to remember, it opens up, yeah, they're on the, the ship, right? The, the yeah. military ship. Okay. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I'll, okay. Whatever. They're, heading, they're heading towards the science ship, essentially. The station. Station? Well, it's it's like, uh, it's it's just a big-ass ship. I think yeah. it's, it's like a, just a giant ship. Because it's 200 years in the future, so they got, like, ships that are, like, you know, cities almost or whatever. Yeah. But they also said the crew was only, like, 40-something, which is... Which is insane. <laughs> right for how big it was. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so is it does it open up with the Betty going up, or do they open up with more of the lab stuff first? Uh, 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 I thought they I thought they did the stuff with Ripley first and the surgery. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't remember. It's that unmemorable. <laughs> anyway, well, okay, I'm gonna say they start off with the surgery thing. Anyway, so basically, uh, what they do is they clone. Ripley, yes, um, in the future from some uh blood sample or something that they had gotten from the prison planet in Alien Three, which is odd because they say two different things about that movie. Sometimes they call it Fury One Six One, and sometimes they call it Fiorna Sixteen. Yes, I don't know if it's the same thing with two different names or if somebody just doesn't understand what the names are. I it, don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure it is for the Farina in Alien 3. Well, yeah. I, I, again, I don't know. There's the two names that they call it. I mean, they're close enough. They start with an F and they have the numbers yeah. 1, 6 in them. So, um, yeah, we know that they're talking about the same place. Anyway, so there's some kind of blood sample they had there. They cloned Ripley. They show Ripley um, getting surgery, essentially getting her chest cut open. They pull out the uh the queen whatever right yep um and then they they essentially sew her back up they decide to leave her alive so obviously what they're doing is the main focus is the queen that's what they really want um but they decide to also keep her alive um as like a side thing um yeah yeah, so they they show a little bit of her development um so they show it to where like she can remember things somehow um, she like has at first she has like rudimentary like caveman speech almost, but it's pretty quickly that she remembers how to talk. She remembers yeah. things about herself. I mean, obviously there's big holes in her memory, but she does remember who she is. Um, and and a story of like what happened with her and the aliens. I mean, some of this stuff's mixed up, but again, for the most part, she remembers stuff. They're showing like flashcards, and she remembers things. Um, you know, this this kind of stuff like that. Anyway, showing that she is. Not just a neat clone, but she's actually remembering things. Um, and they they talk about how she's able to remember these things because the aliens themselves have um, what do they call it? Racial memory, so where they can pass down memories through the generations. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, because of the blood sample that contained 
the two elements and they weren't able to separate them completely. The thing that she ended up getting out of the deal more or less was she got this racial memory. So she got the ability to remember things through her blood and genetics. And it didn't just become as, as a part of the, 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 the cloning process. I appreciate that. Cause a lot of times, you know, people get cloned and they somehow have their memories and it's like, how, you know, you're, would, you're just cloning. There's no meat. way. Yeah. You're cloning meat. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, they'll look exactly the same, but they're not going to remember anything. They don't have the experiences, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so this one, at least the, at least they gave you a, a rudiment, some kind of explanation as to how that happened. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, anyway, so, uh, we basically get that they got the queen, uh, they're doing experiments with aliens, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, uh, Ripley is, is a prisoner, um, in this ship. Um, she does remember who she is. Um, you know, they, they, they let her have free reign of the ship sometimes, at least somewhat. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, she's contained there. Okay. Then we go to this ship, uh, the Betty, which is, which is going to dock with this big ship. Um, and it's like a, a kind of a motley crew of, of mercenaries. So you have, uh, the captain who is Michael Wincott, who I love him. I mean, he's awesome. And, and just about everything <laughs> that he's in, he was in like so many movies in the nineties. Then he just kind of disappeared. He came back in Nope though. I appreciated that. Um, That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he is still around. I just haven't seen him in a while. Um, and anyway, so he's like the captain of the ship. You got a bunch of cool characters. You got Ron Perlman. Um, who's like yes. kind of like the the meathead he's more like the like the jane of their the jane Cobb of their firefly crew he's just there to like hurt people um and then you have winona Ryder um plays call who's kind of like uh i don't know like a, a mechanics assistant or something i mean i, I guess something that, like that i guess that's what she something is because like she's always helping the mechanic dude the mechanic yeah. dude i don't know his name he's a french actor um he's in a lot of other um French stuff. Um, I knew him from because I know the director of this movie. Um, he also directed The City of Lost Children. If you've ever saw that, no, it's a it's a weird movie because it's a French movie, but it stars Ron Perlman, and who doesn't speak French? <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> so, so yeah, he doesn't speak. He doesn't speak French. They basically had to like coach him what to say before the scenes. Uh-huh. So like they tell him what to say, and then he says it. So he's speaking French in the movie, but he doesn't know what he's saying. It's like how uh, the one guy who did the Crow City of Angels, I forgot what that dude's name was, but he didn't speak English. They basically told him what to say, and then he said it, but he didn't know what it meant. He's just saying it. Anyway, so I I liked that movie because it was a weird, bizarre movie. Um, And then so I knew this director, and of course, you know, Ron Perlman worked with him because he knows that guy. But that this French dude who plays like the, um, the. the mechanic guy who's like in a, you know, the, the wheelchair, he's like a paraplegic yeah. in a wheelchair. Um, right. He is also in that movie. So I knew him from, from some other things anyway. Um, so who else is there? There's Christy. Who's like their, their second in charge. He's like their kind of sharpshooter guy. <laughs> um, and then he also has his co-pilot who is uh, the, the captain, captain Elgin is Michael Wincott's name. And then his, his girlfriend is like his co-pilot kind of thing. Um, so they dock up with the ship. Um, obviously they're delivering things, um, that are like illegal cargo to, um, the thing you get the guy, um, I don't know his name, but he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff. They, they, like the general guy, uh, with the hairy arms. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was, uh, he was the dad at night, the Roxbury. Okay. I never seen he's, that, he's, but I'll he's think played, he's played generals. 
Yeah, no, he's been a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. I yeah. just don't know. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, don't know yeah, his yeah. name. Um, but anyway, so he's he like pays them in cash. They talk about how rare cash is because you know, obviously, even in our society, cash is becoming more and more rare. So I can see hundreds of years in the future not being much cash at all. But um, right. yeah, so basically, they get cash. Um, they make a deal where they get to like hang out at the station for a couple of days. Um, as kind of like an R and R type of thing because they have all you know the facilities because the ship is gigantic. They probably have like a mall and everything. It's that big to where right. Anyway, so uh, they basically they deliver their cargo, um, which looks like coffins, but I mean we don't really know what they are at this point. <laughs> um, so they deliver all that kind of stuff, and then they're all kind of like just hanging out and drinking. Um, they have a scene where they meet Ripley playing basketball. <laughs> Um, to where Ron Perlman's character, whose name is Johnner, um, he tries to like hit on her, and she just kind of like, um, you know, is playing games with him at first, like you know, just playing keep away with the basketball, and eventually like beats the crap out of him, and then oh yeah, you know, Christy comes after her with like a a weight, you know, like a barbells, and she beats the crap out of him too, um, you know, just kind of like showing that she's strong, right? Yep. Um, Call. She's not the same Ripley. Right. Yeah. Call. They see. She sees her, and like you can tell, there's some kind of weird recognition. Right. There's something going on there. Like you know, she recognizes. She knows. She just. She knows something's going on. Um. So eventually, um. You know, they kind of call Ripley away, uh, and then she goes back and and has to go in her cage. Yes. Um, And then after they're, you know, they're they go and they're drinking. They're watching like QVC for mercenaries. I mean, it reminds me of like. uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop, like when they watch the the QVC with all the guns and the knives and stuff. I'll I'll tell you word for it. whatever. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's what it is. They're watching like a guns and knives QVC. Um, call uh, is like drunk and she's like trying to drink with boxing gloves on and spins spills her drink and the, you know, like John and Christy are the other two that she's drinking with. They get mad. They kick her out. Um, and she leaves. And then you can see as she leaves, like she immediately sobers up, like she was just pretending to be drunk. Uh, and then goes to Ripley's cage, uh, hacks it open. You know, she has like, because in this, in this future, they use breath as like a biometric. Um, so like the way that you open a door is you have to breathe on it. And she's got like all these little, like, you know, spray bottle things. And then she has to test a bunch of them before it finally lets her in. Um, she goes in and she goes up to Ripley with a knife. Like she's going to cut her throat. Um, Ripley is just awake and just, you know, says, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and they have like a weird thing to where call knows who she is. Um, and she's there to kill her because of what she represents and what she could possibly do. Right. Um, she ends up finding out that the alien has already been cut out of her. Um, so that was the main reason why she was going to kill her, but that also Logically, makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also there's like some kind of genetic splicing there. Cause she shows, you know, she like, Basically, Ripley stabs herself with the knife in her hand, and there, and it's like she's got like acidy blood, not quite as bad as the aliens, but it is uh, acidy. It burns stuff, right? Yeah. So, so she sees that there's yeah, there's like some kind of genetic splicing going on here. Uh, but the worst part of it is, is that the the queen has already been cut out of her. So, like now, you know, basically her mission becomes to find out what's going on with the queen. <laughs> Um, and then Ripley also knows that, you know, she is there to, to whatever, you know, kill her <laughs> somehow, you know, destroy the aliens or whatever. Some secret mission or something. Yeah. Yep. 
um so yeah so they basically uh because she broke into the place she as she's leaving um they catch her um so they you know they basically label her a terrorist um they're going to arrest her so of course they assume that the rest of the crew is working with her as well um and the rest of the crew is like hanging out in the basketball court um so they go into the basketball court um to arrest them essentially and there's a bunch of like soldiers coming in there being all hard asses like pushing them around and stuff um and essentially it gets to the point to where uh, they're going to get killed. Like they, they, you know, they're trying to talk their way out of it. They're trying to talk them down. Um, they bring call in call eventually basically admits that she was there to, to basically kill Ripley to, you know, shut this thing down. She knew what they were doing there. Um, and even though they didn't know what she was doing, they're still accomplices. So, um, you know, the head doctor guy basically says, yeah, you're all going to die. So at this point, they're like, okay, well, we're not going to get out of this. So Christy um, has two guns, like, attached to his arms, like, you know, like quick draw holsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That he um, can't remove. Yeah, that he can't <laughs> remove. So he ends up, they, like, you know, shooting people, um, you know, shooting a bunch of people. Jonner has, like, this thermos that he was, like, drinking his homemade hooch out of, which turns into, like, a <laughs> shotgun that he shoots yep. people. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the other co-pilot... Um, check i don't remember her name but she like you know takes out one of the guys and takes their gun and so they basically take out all the soldiers um some other soldier comes in puts a gun to christy's head and like tells him to drop the guns and he's like yeah i can't they're attached (laughs) you know like you can't do it And he's like freaking out and screaming like he's obviously panicking and then christy like shows off his sharpshooter skills and like ricochets a shot off like a a couple of wall panels or something and kill and hits the guy that yeah. Um, so yeah, at this point, we know that they're like you know top notch mercenaries. Um, yeah. So yeah, so they pick up all the guns and stuff. Uh, and they basically go, okay, like this is bad. We need to get the hell out of here. Let's go. Um, and then we cut to um, they show um, that the aliens have now been hatched. They show that the the cargo that they had brought in with them was actually cryo sleeped people. Um, that were that thought they were going to like some mining colony or something to go to work, um, but they ended up waking up strapped in in front of an alien egg. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the eggs, uh, you know, go on their face, whatever, um, and they they end up hatching and becoming xenomorphs. Now the time frame for these is a little iffy um, because they do say that they want to stay at the ship for two days, yes. and they don't specify how long they were there for. So, I mean, this could have been the second day. So, I mean, it's very possible that these people could have gone through the normal life cycle of an alien at this point. Um, So this one, I can't really fault the timeline (laughs) because at least they gave themselves enough room to, to work with. Yeah. Anyway. That's fair. Yeah. So now they're they're showing that um you know the the scientists have now have the xenomorphs in like cages. Um, they're like you know basically trying to train them or whatever. I don't know. What I don't know. What Negative that guy reinforcement. Was Negative yeah. reinforcement. Right. Yeah. Like that Brad Dourif guy is like trying to like I don't know show that he's the boss <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, right. They try to try to escape. They he sprays them down. Yeah, well, he, Essentially. yeah, he basically tries to like attack the glass, and he you know freezes them just to show them like, hey, I can freeze you. Um, it looks like steam, but it's like cold steam, whatever. It, it's like spraying a cat or a dog with a spray bottle. Is yeah. what he's doing, right? Yeah. Essentially, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, you know, a bit later on, the uh, there's like all of a sudden now there's three aliens in a cage. Um, and then they try to get out. Um. 
you know, and he's spraying them, whatever. And they basically decide that the only way they're going to get out is they're smart enough to figure out that their blood is acid. So the two of them kill the third one. And, and then, yes, it was an interesting thing that they that they show, like just like the just kind of the second mouth coming out and just jabbing into lots of different places. Right? Yeah, they like yeah, they essentially like stabbed them all over the place and like ripped his guts out. Yeah. Um, to the point where there was like a puddle of guts on the ground and then the puddle of guts ate through the floor and they all escaped. So by yeah. the time he hit the steam again, they were already gone. Yes. Um, and then they do show a scene where like, yeah, some security guy goes into the cage. I don't know why to like to, to look and make sure they're not hiding. And I don't know, whatever. Um, but as he's inside the cage looking around, one of the aliens hits the button and freezes and kills the guy. Yeah. I think just to show that they have some form of intelligence is I believe what they were going for. Um, yeah. So anyway, so essentially at this point, um, all the aliens have escaped. Uh, so we go back to the, the crew of the Betty who is now, uh, they have all of them plus the head doctor guy. And then I think one soldier um, who, you know, just kind of just put his hands up when they were killing everybody. Um, so he's, he's around with them. So they're, you know, traveling down. They're basically all, they're all like armed. They all have like at least two guns <laughs> and they're all like trying to move down the hallway. Um, Elgin, the leader, um, he sees like a gun sitting on the floor down this other hallway. So he like stops, you know, walks away from everybody without saying anything, walks down this hallway, picks up the gun, and then he sees another gun down the hallway. So again, he, Puts that gun over his shoulder and walks again, not saying anything to anybody. And p- people are calling after him, trying to find him. And he's just not answering them. Goes to pick up the other gun. It's a handgun. And he picks it up and it's got goo all over it. Um, so we know, okay, this is alien goo, right? <laughs> um, yep. So he gets, uh, you know, attacked through the floor. He gets dragged into the floor. And he, like, you know, his head and his arms are above. Um, he's dead, right? <laughs> he's very yeah. obviously dead, oh, like yes. right away. Yes. Um, they yeah. all come back and they find him and they're like trying to like save him, but he's very obviously dead. Um, so they, they try to pull him out of the hole and that's when aliens are coming out. Um, they don't shoot it because at this point it's standing in front of the hull and they're smart enough to go, Hey, don't shoot the hull because we all might die in that case. Um, so the thing kind of, you know, moves the other direction. It knows it can't harm them. So they run to this down the hallway and there's a door blocking them. So they're all trying to get this door open. Um, and the alien moves closer again, but it goes back to the body because Elgin's body now twitches and moves a little bit. So it yeah. goes over to the body like, oh, what's going on with that? And then, boom, you know, <laughs> this gun comes out of the hole in, in Elgin and, and blows a hole in the alien head. Um, and it's Ripley. Ripley has escaped her cage. Um, uh, they do show a scene of her, like, using her blood to, like, burn some some wires yeah in her cage as how she got out um anyway so yes yeah, she, she joins up with them um you know they're like you know kind of nervous about giving her a gun at first but uh i don't think no they don't at this point but at this point they give a gun to the other soldier guy because uh, they basically are like we're all in this together you know like we're fighting in aliens here we're not fighting other people these are aliens trying to kill all of us they don't care who we are um, so, yeah, so they basically um, move along. Obviously, the, the the girlfriend of Elgin is is like distraught at this point, but she is you know a soldier and she's carrying it. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah. So basically, um, 
yeah, the only thing, the other thing that we need to know from the the laboratory part of it is that the Brad Dorif, who is that one um, doctor guy, he gets like he doesn't get murdered; he gets like captured. Yes, you know that's the only other thing we need to know at this point. Um, so yeah, as we go back to them, they decide uh, they have to go to this other side of the ship um, to get out and to go through the bottom of the ship and then come back up in their whatever, whatever they they figure out a route to get through the ship and they go there and they find out that this whole place is like flooded. Yeah. Very much flooded. Right. So like the, the whole like mess hall is underwater. So they're all going to have to swim through the mess hall to get to this elevator on the other side. Um, that's going to lead them up to where the ship is. Um, so they basically, they all fly, you know, swim through the water. And of course, as they're swimming through the water, the aliens come behind them. The aliens are much more graceful in the water than they are. <laughs> Um, Johnner does, yeah, yeah. Johnner does shoot a <laughs> missile that somehow works underwater, um, and kills one of them, but there's still one of them behind them. Um, and so they're all swimming even faster. Um, the Elgin's girlfriend, I, sorry, I don't remember her name. Um, but anyway, <laughs> she dies cause she gets grabbed by the alien and pulled back. Yep. Um, and then Ripley kind of watches this with her weird, you know, kind of, she's doing this weird kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a predator sway almost that's fair yeah that's like she's obviously like moving like this weird movements anyway like like basically like she has some kind of elements of the alien in her um so like yeah nobody trusts her at this point because she's just kind of weird and then i guess that's kind of fair um anyway they try to come up on the other side and there's some kind of like i don't know membrane over the top of the water (laughs) um and as they basically eventually rip their way through the membrane. They see that there's eggs all around the ring of this thing. So they basically like an ambush. Like as soon as they come up, they're going to get face huggers everywhere. So as soon as they pop up, uh, a lot of the eggs start opening. You see the face huggers start moving. So they all kind of swim down and then shoot a bunch of grenades up there, which kills them all, I guess. I mean, (laughs) they don't come back. So I'm guessing that kills them all. But, uh, um, you know, as they come out, um, they're kind of fighting off the alien. Um, obviously, the, the the paraplegic guy had to get out of his chair at this point, so he's on the back of Christy. Yes. Um, and then Christy uh, is basically like trying to hold on while the the guy on his back is shooting the alien behind him. Um, eventually, Christy gets hurt. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think he gets burned with acid on his face, right? Yeah, yeah, because it spits. That's what it was. I was like, how did the hell did he get his blood on him? But yeah, that's like the alien spits acid at him. Yeah, because yeah, just new. Yeah, this is <laughs> a new thing. It hasn't happened before. But yeah, it spits yeah. acid on his face. So he's like burning, and he's like he can't see. He's like obviously he thinks he's dying, or I don't know what what's going on. But he's like obviously like uh, out of commission. So like the poor payover leisure guy is like holding out of this ladder. Who is also holding on to Christy, who's strapped to him, and then the alien is grabbing onto Christy's leg, so he's holding up all of them. Um, anyway, so Christy kind of like, um, you know, is calling for help. John is like shooting down. Um, he eventually shoots and kills the alien, but it's still hanging on Christy's leg. Um, and so Christy like unbuckles himself, sacrifices himself, sacrifices yeah. himself, and falls in the water. Now, at this point, I don't understand why he wouldn't have just lived. <laughs> Right, because he was—I mean, yeah—he got burned on the face, but like a lot of people get burned on the face and they're fine. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, yeah, he fell in the water. He would be able to get the alien off of his foot in the water very easily. Uh, whatever. We'll, we'll say that the acid burned through and killed him. 
Sure. Let's go. With that. We'll go with that because it makes more <laughs> sense. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So they get uh, out and they're like climbing up the ladders on the other side. Um, the doctor, the head doctor guy is like in front and he's like pretending like he can't open up the emergency glass thing to open the door. And he's like, oh, I can't open it up. Give me your gun so I can smash it. And so Carl hands him her, the gun. Um, and then he just goes, you're stupid. And he shoots her. Yep. Um, and she, she just kind of, you know, has like a dramatic fall. She falls in the water. Um, he opens the door, goes in the door, and then locks it. Um, and because he's like the head scientist guy, he can control the computer. Um, so he starts like locking doors and, you know, basically giving himself a path out, but then making it harder for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're like trying to get out. Um, there's like more alien stuff happening. Um, and eventually call comes and opens the door. Like she's all wet. Like she obviously was in the water and she opens the door. Like we saw you get shot. Like you were dead. And she's like, no, no, I'm fine. It wore, you know, it wore off. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> um, so they all, they all get in the hallway and they're all kind of like, what, you know, what's going on? Like, how did you survive that? There's no way you survived. Um, so like Ripley uses her new like alien sense. <laughs> Um, to basically figure out that she is uh, a robot. She is yep. she is an android. Um, and she's like, what did they call it? They, 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 he called her some kind of name. I don't remember what it was. I didn't catch it. It was like, oh. you're, you're like an autom or, or something like that. Anyway, whatever it was, she's like a second generation synthetic, which is basically a synthetic designed by synthetics. Yes. Um, and essentially they had like a major recall because they didn't like to listen to orders or something like that. Um, so they recalled them all, but the, you know, they heard rumors that there was some still out there. So apparently call is one of them and she's been hiding, uh, you know, pretending to be a normal person, but you know, they were also, you know, trying to do good in the world. So of course they heard about Ripley and, and the aliens and they just, she decided to, to infiltrate and try to do something about it. Um, so anyway, so they convince her to, you know, use her synthetic abilities, even though she's kind of like sworn them all off, like she burnt out her modem um, so she can't communicate, you know, wirelessly with the ship or anything anymore. Um, but he's like, well, you can still do it manually. So they go and she goes into this like, chapel and unplugs, yeah. unplugs the Bible and then plugs it into her so she can control or at least access the ship. Um, yes. So she essentially hacks the ship. Um, she figures out what's going on, um, that the ship has, is, is moving and it's going back towards earth because there's an emergency and the emergency protocol is just move the ship back to earth if there's an emergency. So the ship is basically going towards earth with the aliens on board, which means that earth may get, um, infected. Um, but the, the interesting thing is that everybody's like, oh, earth, (laughs) like what a shithole. Like everybody hates Earth. Like nobody's like. Half of them haven't even been to Earth, but the other half are like no have no desire to go back. Like it's a shithole planet. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they're all gonna go there. They basically figure out, um, you know, we can't let that happen. What can we do? She can't stop it from happening, but what she can do is hack the system to the point where she can change the ground level to basically crash land the ship so that it'll explode and kill everybody on board. Right. Um, but now they have less time to get to their ship and get away. Um, because instead of the whatever hour and a half that they had, now they only have 40 minutes. Oh, she sped it up. Right. Um, but now she also has access to the ship so she can open up all the doors and make their path easier and all that kind of stuff. And she also locks out, um, the other dude, the head doctor guy who's still, you know, was controlling the computer, but now he can't. 
Right. Um, so, they, so they make a route uh, to, to get to the ship and then they, um, you know, they start moving through. Um, at this point, uh, uh, actually, I think this might have happened earlier, but whatever. I'm going to say it here. Um, Ripley sees uh, a door that says one through seven and she has a tattoo that says eight. Um, so she opens up the door and she basically sees all these other failed clone versions of herself. Um, some of them look really, really bad. Um, some of them, uh, the genetic splicing was horrible in a lot. Of right? Yeah, I mean, some of them are like really bad, but I mean, some of them are like interesting mixes of like you know alien and and person. Yeah. Um, and basically, at the very back, she finds the number seven is is still like alive. It's got like one crazy looking like fused alien arm, and like I mean, basically, you can tell she's like in in bad suffering, right? Oh, agony. Yes. Yeah. So she Absolutely. goes back there and she's like just saying, you know, kill me, kill me. Like I said, this happens in almost every alien movie where there's a kill me scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, of course, Ripley, like, gets upset um, and she, like, burns the whole place down with the flamethrower. Um, so, yeah, she kills the seven. I mean, a kind of gruesome death, right? She could have just shot her and made it quick, but instead she lit her on fire. I mean, that's a bad way to go. Yeah, it's thorough though. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's thorough, anything. but that's a long, painful way to go. Right. Um, but I mean it's better than not going at all, I suppose. Um yeah, so, so yes. But, so she's yeah, she's Ripley eight. Right, yeah. So she's Ripley eight. She destroys all the other horrible clones of herself. Um, and then uh they move along. And I again I know this happened earlier. I think it happened before the water thing. <laughs> But we'll pretend like it happened now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, then they go to another room uh, where they go in because they, they hear people, I think, in there. And they find all the dead bodies from all the colonists. And that's, this is where they realize that, oh, these are the people that we smuggled to them. Like, this is what they used them for was, was breeding for these aliens. Right. Um, and they find this one guy who's still alive. Um who was impregnated like Ripley can smell on him that he's been impregnated, but he hasn't, it hasn't hatched yet. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, he freaks out understandably. Um, and then they explain to him that, yeah, you got one in you, but we don't know how long it'll be, but if you come with us, we can try to put you in, you know, cryo sleep and then, you know, give you a doctor when you wake up, hope maybe we could try to get it out. Right. <clears throat> um, so they go, okay. Um, that might have happened earlier too, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm just remembering these doors now, so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Um, so at this point, after that, I think, uh, because I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of how many of them died and where they died. Like where? Okay, no, yeah, they, they at this point they make it back to the ship then. Right, because I'm trying to think of everybody who's died. Like Christie's dead. Yes. Well, I believe this is when she was Ripley gets captured by the Xenomorph. Well, yeah, that's right before they get on the ship. <laughs> that's yeah. so I'm trying to remember if if this is if anybody else is is still around. Uh, I believe. Yeah, because it's okay at this point. It's the soldier guy. It's call. Ren, it's service call. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the soldier guy. De Stefano, um, it's the mechanic guy, Rees, the paraplegic guy, it's Call, it's uh yeah, Purvis, who's that's the guy who's still got the alien in him, um, yeah. and Ripley, I believe, or everybody that's left. The doctor guy is still technically alive, but he's not with them. Because he's Correct. he had 
run off and do his own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where we're at. I believe that's everybody. Everybody else has died, right? No, John yeah. is still with him too. Sorry. Yeah. Cause John makes it all the way to the end, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah, so they get, um, yeah, they get almost to the ship and then as they get really close, I guess they're like right above the nest and, and Ridley becomes like overcome with, I don't know, a calling. Yeah. A calling to like, commune with the floor i don't know she starts like writhing around on the floor like anyway like whatever yeah trying to commune with the other aliens whatever it is um so the uh, aliens come up and like grab her and there's like this weird like kind of like slow motion thing of like a a xenomorph like holding her and like bringing her to the nest it's bizarre yes um and there's a scene of her like laying in a big bed of like the geiger bioengineered stuff and then she gets sucked into it yep um, yeah, so everybody else yeah, gets to the ship and they're like trying to prep it for launch. Um, and she g- gets brought to the nest and you can see like, you know, Brad Dorf, the doctor guy, um, and a couple of the other doctors are like all cocooned up and like watching this whole thing happen. And they basically explain that, oh uh, yeah, Ripley got the, um, the racial memory, um, to be able to remember things. And she got like the acid blood and the enhanced strength and stuff like that. Um, but the alien queen got from her like at first she had a normal xenomorph you know where she was laying eggs and all that kind of stuff but eventually she developed a a human reproductive system live birth yeah which is what they're saying it's like okay so she has this big weird like pregnant belly yes um and then she gives birth to um this abomination thing it is hideous but it's like a, it's, a merging of human and, and xenomorph it's such yeah, it's white but human eyes right yeah but they're like deep set in like xenomorph yeah. sockets it's bizarre looking it's freaky looking anyway um so yeah it's born it looks at the queen it it i i guess it sees it as like an enemy like it does not see it as his mother Cause it like right. knocks its head off, <laughs> like kills the queen immediately. And then like goes to Ripley and starts like, you know, making baby noises. Like it thinks that's his mom right? or it's well, mom. Uh... I guess. Yeah. It doesn't have a gender. <laughs> it's like it's mom. Um, right. I, I saw like production pictures of this thing and it actually had this weird, bizarre, like, uh, like, um, hermaphrodite, like genitals thing hanging out of its stomach. Really? Yeah. So it was like weird, like you know, like a mix of like a male and female genitalia. Obviously, they edited out <laughs> post production. I'm surprised yeah. they made it that far because it's bizarre looking. Um, but yeah, they made they did it really weird looking. Anyway, um, so yeah, it sees Ripley as its mom. Ripley is like, get the hell away from me. Um, but yeah, the thing gets upset. I think it's implied that the doctor guy is the dad. Uh I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's but bizarre. He, but yeah, the alien kills him. Yeah, kill, yeah, kills him. <laughs> um, so everybody else is like dead. Um, Ripley manages to escape um, yeah. and she runs back to the ship. They see her on the camera running back to the ship. They manage to open up the, you know, the, the ramp at the last minute. So she's able to jump onto the ship. Um, and then the newborn is also like, you know, they show it moving out of the nest. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're about to like, you know, try to take off. Ripley is like the only one that really knows how to actually fly the ship because the other, the other the, like, obviously the, the captain and the co-pilot are both dead. So they don't know. Nobody knows how to really fly it. Like the breeze, 
kind of knows, but not really. But Ripley is a pilot, so she knows exactly what's going on. So she basically helps them get everything on on point. Um, they're, they have to close the back door to, to actually take off. Um, they go to close the back door, and it won't close all the way. So they basically send a call back there to, like, because she knows how to fix the door, you know, because she's the maintenance assistant. Um, right. So she goes back there to close the door. She's trying to, like, you know, crowbar the door closed. And then she sees that the newborn is what they call it, the the, the alien human hybrid is back there um, and it grabs the door and closes it for her. Um, and it looks like it's kind of like trying to like be friendly. Um, yeah. And then as she like reacts like, ah, then it like gets <laughs> angry and like attacks. her. Um, so she like rolls and hides like, I don't know, under a box or something. I don't know, somewhere where the alien can't get to her, but she also can't get out. <laughs> Correct. Um, so yeah, then the soldier guy uh, comes back there to see what's going on. He gets killed. <laughs> um, and then the the doctor guy. Wait, no, hold on. Yeah, the doctor guy comes out at this time, or maybe the doctor guy kills that soldier guy. Uh, 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 uh I'm looking at. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, oh, whatever, whatever. He's he's kind of sort of dead. anyway. The doctor guy comes. Um, he's threatening to kill everybody. You know, he wants to take over. You know, he wants to be in charge. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Purvis at this time is now he had been shot, but now the alien, you know, aliens like trying to hatch out of it. Um, so he decides that he's going to go out, you know, in a blaze of glory. And, and so as the aliens like hatching out of him, he's like runs towards the doctor. Um, gets shot a bunch of times, but manages to grab like onto the doctor, yes. and then the alien like bursts through his head. <laughs> yep, um, and kills him. And so then they kill the alien and Purvis. So then the Purvis, the doctor, and that Chespers are all dead. Um, and then yeah, De Stefano, the doctor, he either gets shot by the that guy or gets killed by the newborn. I'm not entirely newborn, sure. The newborn kills him. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say he dies yeah. in this time. I don't know which one kills yes. him, but yeah, the newborn kills him. Um, and then they go back and it's, uh, Ripley is like, you know, kind of like trying to sort of bond with this thing. Right. So like yeah. she starts showing it some love. It's all like, you know, cooing like a baby, whatever. Um, she cuts her hand open on its teeth and then throws her blood on the back window, um, uh, because it's acidic. Right. Yeah. Um, so it burns, uh, a hole in the window and then all the, you know, atmosphere starts getting sucked out. And then she essentially pushes the newborn into that hole. Right. Yeah. So like that, yeah, it's like its whole body starts getting sucked out through this hole. And I got to say that sound is horrible. <laughs> like when it starts <laughs> dying and it starts like screaming, like it is, it yes. is a horrific sound. It's terrible. I, I, I feel bad for the thing. Yeah. I mean, Ripley feels bad for it too. Yeah, to be yeah, to be fair, I mean, I get why she does, but I mean, just that sound—it sounds so bad. Anyway, yeah, um, so yeah, so it uh, yeah, gets sucked out into space um, as they're like basically landing on Earth. <laughs> um, and depending on what version of the movie you watch, either they're like looking out the window and they're going, "Oh, what do we do now?" or they like land and get out, and it's like an apocalyptic wasteland. But then they look oh, around, the, yeah, the city. Yeah, and then it's yeah. Paris. Yeah, so like depending yeah. on what version you watch, and there's not much of a difference between the director's cut and the the standard cut. Um, but yeah, that that's basically the main difference is the different ending, and then there's a different opening sequence. But it really, again, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, and that's it. 
That that would have led into Alien Five, which has not happened. Yeah, there's been a lot of well, there's been a lot of talk of of sequels, but um, again, a lot of them got taken because Alien vs Predator came out not too long after this, right? Which kind of stole a lot of the thunder. Um, and then there was there's been a couple of 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 sequels that are supposed to be happening, but they've all gotten shut down. Correct. Uh, probably most famously is the new Neil Camp one, but she was supposed to yeah. do an Alien Five, but his Alien Five was basically going to be a sequel to Aliens. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of really cool um art out there. Like I, they just re-released them again. They've released them before, but they just re-released them again. Everybody's like pretending like they're just new, like a couple mu- like a week, couple weeks ago. Um, but it's like I saw these things years ago. Um, but yeah, right. there's a bunch of really cool um concept art. Um, for what was going to happen in that. Again, I don't know if it would be good or not. I mean, Neil Camp has made some good movies. He's made some bad movies. So I don't know <laughs> if it would have been good or not, but at least it would have been interesting. Um, but yeah, so they have, yeah, there's been no like direct sequel to the, to the end of this franchise. Correct. Um, so what were your first thoughts when you saw this? Did you see this in theaters? I did. You did? Yep. Yeah. Um, was it? I think it was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. So I was in high school at the time. Um, I mean, I saw theater. It was it was good. I remember I really liked it when it first came out. Um, and I still like it. I mean, to a degree. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's written by Joss Whedon, and you can definitely tell a lot of that Joss Whedon. Um, you know, because he's really good at at like ensembles. You know, like right. Like, well, I don't want to say crews, but you know what I mean. Like groups of people. That's where his strength is. And I know that he got a lot of things cut out and a lot of things changed in his script. So I, I mean, it's not fair to really say this is written only by him because it's, I mean, he, in his, like all the versions of his script uh, had a whole nother act that happened on earth. Yes. But all that stuff got cut out and a lot of stuff got changed. I know that, I mean, he, you know, he, had, he was in a lot of interviews saying that, yeah, they changed a lot of stuff. It does say that I wrote it, but, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I wrote is still there. A lot of it's different. Like the studio made a lot of changes. Um, but you can still feel a lot of that energy there. And it, and it was really cool. Like the, the mercenary crew is a very cool crew. I mean, it's a very, you know, again, it, it's a, it's a Joss Whedon, you know, adventure crew story that he does a good job with those ensemble casts and giving right. everybody and he, their little moment to shine. Yeah. he usually, for a while, it's that we shouldn't go to, but he liked strong female leads. Yeah. And Ripley was the example of probably the strongest, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Um, but yeah, anyway, I really, really liked it the first time I watched it. First time I watched it in theater. Um, again, I it 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 would be high enough for me to rewatch it, but again, like I feel weird watching one, two, and then skipping three and then going <laughs> before. So I, I usually don't watch this one either. Um yeah. Just because, you know, again, it was always so hard for me to watch three. Because, again, a, a movie has to rank at least seven or higher for me to want to rewatch it. And, yeah, Alien right. 3, it's not terrible. But, again, it's not good enough for me to want to rewatch it. And I just don't want to waste the energy on rewatching it. So, yeah, I don't want to watch one, two, four. So I, I just I usually don't watch it. Although I do like this one better than three, or at least the, the director's cut of three. Yeah, but I usually just don't get around there. <sighs> um, for me, and like I said, I, I was don't don't get me wrong. I was young and naive when this. I probably didn't watch this until probably like ninety eight, ninety nine. 
at that point in time when I was scrambling for everything horror, I was I was a bit of a horror purist more so than that I go, this is even horror. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, and realistically, it took it, it. It probably didn't take until Alien vs. Predator come out for me to go, okay, I need to watch this series again. So I didn't watch it probably what, when Alien vs. Predator came out, 2003? Mm, like, somewhere on there. Or 2005? Like I did 2005. I probably didn't watch this until 2005. Um, for the first time. Right. Uh, and and, and so I wasn't a fan of it as a whole. Um, is it was it? I I love sci-fi, but at that time it was pure horror, and I didn't think this is horror enough. This was very reminiscent of two to me at that point. More actually more of space marines, mercenaries, whatever you want to call it, right? That I yeah, at that time one and three were more horror, while two and four were more action oriented with guns. That that's a, that was my first thought originally. On on rewatches, um still not a high m- movie for me in this franchise to go back and watch like anyway as you're talking about you know your scale and what it takes to rewatch i mean it's something i do watch when i do rewatch it it's also very painful it, it is a product of the 90s i feel <laughs> as well um just just mean it felt like even though it's always in space it felt like the in space movie if you will of the franchise at that time, <laughs> they all they all are. I, I, but you know what I mean, like that. It felt, I, I felt like there was campiness that had never been there in the franchise. Um. Okay. I said that's just um, rewatch though. I mean, I don't know if there's a better. I don't think there's a better version out there than this. No, I mean, again, there's that director's cut, but it really. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference. It's, it's basically they have a different opening sequence, but like the, yeah. the effects aren't totally done. I mean, they're they're enough done, but they're a little rough, you know. Um, right. Like there's like a you know like a CGI bug, and the bug looks really fake. I mean, yeah. But whatever. I'm not. And then well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm definitely with you that I will do one and two, and then skip three and four. Generally speaking. Um. I mean. Again, if I'm watching the assembly cut, I might watch all four. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what are the highlights for you in this movie, though? Um, highlights is I really like uh, the mercenary crew. I really thought they were a cool like ensemble kind of cast there. I thought yeah. they all played off each other pretty well. I thought they all, you know, again it, it, that that part really felt like you know this is back when Joss Whedon was actually you know doing good stuff. Um, yeah. You know, this is kind of like the the pre Firefly, um, you know, like mercenary crew, right? And it kind of yeah. felt like this was like his his kind of working draft to get there. Um, like he was working on a lot of you know mercenary crews like that to kind of make his final thing. And it, I don't know, I really liked that cast of characters. I really thought they all had their own little you know shining moments, and they all were were just a cool. Anyway, I, I just liked that crew. I thought they were awesome. Yeah. Um. Highlights for me is it's I, I don't know if you want to call it the next splicing 
and it's a kind of a lore with the newborn that we don't really see again. Uh, um, and it's just, yeah, the, the interesting part really was the next splicing of it all. Right. Um, and what they're trying to do with it, you know, saying it so far in the future that no one else that was alive, if there anyone was left alive, could be in this movie. Uh, so just lore wise, showing that the species can evolve in a way too was pretty cool. Um, what about low points for you? I'm sure there's a few. Um- Low points. I'm gonna. I'll concentrate on this. There's one scene in this movie that really makes me cringe. Um, it's the scene where Ron Perlman comes jogging up next to Ripley, and he's like, "So I heard you uh like met these things before." You know, but it's this. It the scene is so like. It just feels so out of place. And yeah. it feels like so, like, just kind of like they were both off that day or something. Um, it's just <laughs> a very cringy scene, and it's very, it's done. I mean, it's just a bad scene. And it, it just seemed like, oh, so I heard you, you, like, met these things before. She's like, yeah. He's like, so what did you, uh, what did you, like, do? She's like, I died. And it just, I don't, I don't know. It's just a very, very cringy scene, and I just, I regret watching that scene. Whenever it's on there, I would say that specifically is the low point. I, I mean, everything else is all right, but that scene is sucks. And it's funny because I love Ron Perlman, I love Sigourney Weaver, but this scene is bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I now I know there's a lot of behind the scenes for for. Sterling Weaver to come back as Ripley. There's a whole bunch of stipulations that the character was interesting enough for her to come back to play her again. However, I I feel that making her so OP took away who Ripley was. Like she didn't need to have the genetic splicing in there. That she was a badass as a human, and I felt that this. I understand she wasn't a human, that she was a clone, genetic splicing, but I felt like it took away from the character, giving her all these extra abilities. Um, I mean, that's fair. I mean, uh, again, I mean, she was basically acting like she had those abilities before anyway. Now she just actually did. Right. I'm, but, but I'm just saying that if she was, she was a badass enough without the, the, all this other stuff being added to her. That's fair. Um, so I ask, is it horror? Um, I mean, there's definitely horror elements there, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like trying to fight something that you can't beat, you know, that's kind of slowly picking you off one by one. I mean, as they were making their way to the ship, they were basically getting picked off one by one. Um, these are like, you know, hardcore mercenaries that are still losing and just about every battle they have, they're losing somebody. Right. So, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, I, again, there's a lot of action element as well, but yeah, there is definitely horror element. Yeah. The, I mean, we actually got body horror in this one with, especially with the clones. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I would argue that the newborn body horror. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, it, he, he I, like whoever designed they really made the newborn off-putting 
like deeply off-putting to watch. Yes. Look at. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like whenever, yeah. When it makes like noises and stuff, but like, especially like when it's dying, dear God. Yes. That noise is horrible. Um. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was well done. That, that's, it really was. So it's body horror that we never really had. But I enjoyed that. part. <laughs> it really did. Yeah, that's fair. You know, all right, so how many chest bursters out of 10 would you give this movie? Um, I will give this movie eight. Eight chest eight. bursters out of 10, yes. All right. I like it. I know a lot of people complain that they don't like it, but I actually like it. Um, I mean, I do I like it more or less or the same as Alien 3? I mean, just maybe because it's not the ensemble cut, I will go to a seven. This it is, it is slightly better than three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. All right, so next two movies we're gonna do. We're, we're running long in the tooth here. <laughs> um, I warned we're, you. We're, I warned you. I know. I know. So we're gonna do because we discussed these already. We're gonna be discussing talking about the Alien versus Predator uh, movies. Alien side, kind of just a quick recap of, of each one. Um, and just discuss the alien side. So, Alien versus Predator um, takes place present day Earth. Um, you know, we get introduced to an ice climber who knows ice, and we see, you know, Lance Hendrick come back that he's putting the other crew to go to Antarctica because um, they found some like old Mesopotamian or mini culture. Things being spotted pyramid wise and all these different cultures that would have no relation to each other. Um, so he plays uh, Mr. Wayland again, you know, trying, trying to throw in like a precursor off to who we saw last as, you know, Alien 3. Um, and essentially they're going to get a drilling team to drill down there to see what's down there. A beam, laser beam comes down, melts the hole in there and goes at perfectly like what 30 degree angle. Um, they get the team gets down there, and they essentially see that there's a whole bunch of mix of cultures that are worshiping the predators as as gods as a, as a whole. Um, and they see like sacrificial sacrificial pit where humans are being sacrificed with their chest burst open, but they're not bound. So this was a um, willing thing to do that they're willing to inhabit the aliens to help these predators. We have three predators that come down there um, and they don't really have weapons. And it's kind of, we, we find out that it's like a train ground for them to get their merits, be able to earn their shoulder guns on them. Um, and, you know, people die off from the predators. People die off from aliens, long bouts. Right. And kind of the lore part of it that we get into is this, Aliens and predators have been around forever. There's the you know an alien queen under Antarctica this entire time that has been there for thousands of years, predating any humans' contact with aliens beforehand. That which is hundreds of years into the future. Um, so essentially, you know, people die off one by one, and essentially, it's one predator and the ice climber lady uh, who survived, and they had to fight the queen. They kind of join teams, they, you know, 
nonverbal communication showing her that the blood doesn't uh, penetrate the skull. So she gets a skull shield and a sphere, or not a spear made out of the alien tail. And they have to take down this alien queen because they both realize that, you know, if this escapes, it's very, very bad. Um, you know, they, they end up defeating it. Uh, and you find out early in the movie that the predator has had a face hugger on it. Um, he kind of just leaves her there and, and Arika Jip comes in, takes him up. Um, and an alien bursts out of his chest. End the movie. Yep. Uh, like I said, we discussed this before in, in, in more detail in our Predator uh, episode. Um, but we want to discuss the alien side of these movies and whether it contributed or ruined the lore of the alien franchise. Uh, so let's discuss the aliens in this movie. Shall we? Um, and yeah, and again, the major <laughs> major complaint that I have about the aliens in this movie is the time frames. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, we established with the time frames with, with all the other ones. Um, you know, Alien, I would say, is probably the, the gold standard, right? Because that's yeah. the first one. Um, so we were talking like what possibly six to eight hours of the thing being on his face, and then like a couple of hours before it hatches, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then in the, the second one, we don't really see that time frame happen. But, I mean, the, the colonists are, are cocooned up. You know, it, it seems to follow the same pattern, right? Um, right. Three, it's a longer time frame. Um, but the one that hatches out of the dog or ox, depending on how you go, it seems to follow that time frame pretty well. Yeah. It's just the queen one does not. But, again, it's the first queen we've seen. takes a lot longer who knows? For gestation periods longer. Right. Yeah. So then right. um, the aliens uh, resurrection again, they get around that by saying, oh, we're going to be here for a couple of days. They don't specifically say how long it's been. So, again, it could have followed that. But again, this one, um, we see people get face huggers on them, impregnated, and then the aliens burst out of their chest. I would say all within, what, 10 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. I mean, yeah. maximum. I mean, the, the whole process takes 10 minutes. Right. And, they barely wake up from it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they like it immediately, like everything happens like super, super fast. Um, yes. I mean, other than that, I mean, aliens do act. How aliens do act. I mean, there's no weird, <laughs> you know, they don't have any weird different powers or anything. There's no weird, you know, things that are physiologically the same as the other alien movies. Um, except for again this timeline thing um right. i mean i don't know if you could uh, and i don't know if you want to make an argument that these aliens were somehow made differently because they're trained in your versions or something i don't know different, but maybe it's a different subspecies right but again for the most part i would say that, i mean i understand why they did it they're just trying to accelerate the time frame right because they don't yes. want to have people sitting there for 12 hours, like waiting <laughs> for things to happen. But I mean, they could have very easily done that. Um, I mean, yeah. these people, they're, they're archaeologists. They're looking over a new pyramid. I mean, it could have taken days. I mean, it could have easily. It should in, take days. Yeah, it could have easily been in the standard time frame. You know what I mean? So, yeah. again, they just they just rushed it by, by changing that time frame. Um, other than that, I mean, you know. The way that they fight, the way that they act is pretty normal. It's just that time frame is the only real problem we have. 
Well, I mean, if this pyramid existed, and I mean, do you feel that the idea that aliens have been on Earth and worshipped and known about and depicted and things that from 2005 till 2000, whatever, someone else would have seen that pyramid and realized that these things existed? Well, I I mean, mean, you you gotta realize it was right next to a abandoned Antarctic research base. Wellington. Yeah. So, like, I mean, who else is going to look there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nullifies the idea of um, the first contact that we have in Alien. Uh, well, I mean, it basically just goes down to, like, what that ice climber lady is going to do. Right. Right? I mean, if, if she goes and tells everybody what's there, then sure. But obviously she did not. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, if, if we're trying to keep this in the same timeline. Yes. Then obviously she did not, because again, nobody has any idea about it in the future of this timeline. Right, which is interesting, because in uh, The Predator, they do acknowledge this movie. Um, that- yeah. Well, that movie's <laughs> terrible anyway, so... I know. I know. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean... And again, that's fine. I mean, again, what, I mean, knowing that they exist, but not having any example of them to work with is different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could see a depiction of things, but not have access to them. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could look at Roman reliefs and see that Atlas bears used to exist, but that doesn't change the fact that there's no Atlas bears around anymore. Yeah. I mean, do you see this as, especially being uh, Wayland, the precursor to them, maybe the company realizing that they exist and that's why they have those protocols in place and why they want to bring it back because they had no living alien and it just took them to find them in space? Um, I mean, that, I mean that's possible. I mean, we never really get a glimpse into the, the Wayland-Yutani like leadership. Right. Right. You know, like we never see what the corporate level people are thinking or saying when they're like sending out dispatches like that. You know, we're only seeing the end result of people showing up to deal with the problem. Like, obviously, those are just, you know, because what do they say? Like, no one important does field work. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, we're only (laughs) seeing the people doing the field work. We're not seeing the people behind the scenes. We don't know what their motions, what their motives are. So, I mean, yeah, they, they very well may have. Uh, you know, knowledge that these things need to be found and and harnessed and researched or whatever, and that's why they're doing it. Um, but we've never gotten that glimpse because we've never seen through that lens, you know. Right. So I mean, now, it's possible. Yeah. Do you feel that having Lance back is Wayland? We we discussed the generational genetics of someone looking exactly the same. Well, I saw it hundreds again, of years later. In my personal belief, is that the one in Alien Three is a droid. Okay, because it is bizarrely insistent that it is not, which <laughs> right. to me is like, no, he probably is. You know, like why right. would it matter if he was or not? I mean, it doesn't make a difference. So, like, you know what I mean? So, like Ripley at that point in time, it w- it would not have mattered either way. 
it's not going to change her mind. Why would she give a shit? Right. That's so I don't understand. He's like bizarrely insistent that he's not a droid when he is. So that's why I, I kind of believe that he was an android made to not look like an android to the point where he has like, you know, red blood. But if you look at, I mean, I don't know if it's only in the assembly cut or not, but like he gets hit in the head and like the whole side of his head is like peeling off. Like yeah. his ear is like hanging off of his head. And he, that's almost gone. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be reacting all that much to it. So right. like if I get, if you get hit in the head hard enough to where like your skin is split open and your freaking ear is falling off your head, you would probably not be conscious. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was saying. Like to me, the weird, the weirdness that he's insistent that he's not a droid because you know, like he's literally screaming at her. I'm not a droid. It's weird. And it doesn't make any sense unless he is. Correct. And if he is, then this makes total sense because I mean, you know, a founder or at least somebody further along the line trying to honor the founder of their company by making a synthetic person that looks just like the founder of their company makes total sense. Right. You know what I mean? So, but I can't see somebody genetically being him. Like maybe he's a clone. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Right. It's possible, but I don't know. In my mind, he is an Android because nobody insists that much that they're not something unless they are. Yeah. It's fair. So, um, strangely enough, I know this movie is a lot of hate. I don't remember why I gave this <laughs> episode. I have to go back and look. Um, it, yeah, it's not. It's not terrible. It's it's oh, it's okay. I mean, I I know we rated it from the predator side last time, and, I, and it's a lot more faithful to the predator side than it is to the alien yes. side. Yeah. Um, but again, it's mainly just the time frame stuff. They're pretty. Yeah. I mean, they they're pretty. Um, you know they honor everything else except for the time frame. And I, I understand why they did it. I still don't like it, but I understand it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I like it more than I probably, I mean, I like it a lot, a lot, a lot, but more than alien resurrection. So I'm going 7.5. Um, what would you say for this one? Purely from the alien side. Um, yes. I would have to give it a 5.5. 5.5. Yes. So that's, okay. this is, I know I gave a higher score to the, the predators, predators side of this, but yeah. I feel like the predators are a lot <laughs> more, you know what I mean? Like taken care of <laughs> in, yeah. in it than, than the aliens are. And so I, I feel like that, that whole time frame dissonance is, is enough for me to knock, knock it down to that point. Yeah. So yeah, if I was just watching it for the alien side of things, I would not want to rewatch this movie. It's <laughs> fair. That's very fair. All right. Let's quickly go through Alien vs. Prior Requiem. Uh, yes. So just the gist. Yeah. Alien vs. Prior Requiem is uh, the Pred alien uh, bursts out of, of the Predator. Uh, it kills all the Predators. They crash land. Uh, it basically kills a whole bunch of people. It, it kind of like takes over a small town um, because it can like somehow lay eggs and things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like, it's like laying eggs, like through its mouth. Like it's like multiple injecting people with eggs and there's like a uh, big aliens everywhere. There's like a big fight in the town. And then there's like a showdown between, cause they have like that predator that comes down to like hunt him by himself. The cleaner. Yeah. yeah. 
the cleaner comes down to like wipe him out and he does a terrible job. Um, but he gets, you know, and they like, you know, they basically yeah fight each other to the point where there's like a nuclear explosion and then everybody dies except for the people that don't. Um, yeah, that's about, (laughs) that's about all you need to know. That's that's pretty much it. That's, I mean, there's a whole lot of other bullshit in there, but as far as aliens versus predator part, that's about it. Yeah. So, well, we'll, obviously, we have to talk talk about you know the elephant in the room is that pred alien egg lane technique, right? How do you feel about that with the whole continuity and lore of? Well, alien? I mean, it completely ruins. It. I mean, every part of that is wrong, right? Right. Um, I mean, one like yeah, pred alien. Okay, like uh, that's fine. I mean, we've already established that aliens that are birthed out of different animals take different aspects of that animal, right? So it looks great. Yeah. So yeah, being born out of a predator. Yeah. It might, it'll look a little different. It might uh, be a little bit more uh, hunter centric, you know, I get that because the predators are all about hunting, but it wouldn't stray too far from its programming because obviously like, you know, the ones built out of humans are not like they don't act human or anything. So it's not like you get their behavior from that. Um, you just get their, their looks and a little bit of their, you know, whatever bipedalness yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit of their you know je ne sais quoi whatever you call it right yeah um so uh, the whole thing is that they've always had you know the drones are are there to like gather hosts right a- and yep. food i'm guessing because sometimes they kill sometimes they capture so i'm guessing it's you know for hosts for for babies and also for food right yeah. um and then, you know, they have the eggs, you know, they have the queen that lays the eggs, the eggs and the face huggers, face huggers, you know, go on to people, they make more drones, blah, blah, blah. That's the process. This yeah. like completely eliminates that. Like somehow this pred alien has somehow like broken their genetic code to the point where now it can breed <laughs> by itself. It's like, you know, it's like a planarian, you know, it, it can yeah. literally breed itself. It's like, I don't understand what they were thinking. Like, why, why would you do that? There's so many yeah. other ways you could have had a lot of aliens there <laughs> other than this bizarre multi-egg laying thing. Yes. It's so, yeah, it's, it's very stupid. I mean, even if, I mean, it, if it, even if it was one egg, it's wrong, but this multi-egg thing is just stupid. Right. And why through the mouth? Why? Like there, there's no part of it. That's alien. Right. That it does. Right. Zero. Yeah, but again and again, we have a serious timeline problem. So even if you look past all of that, like like they're you know like they lay like ten eggs and then they hatch in like thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's stupid how off it is. Well, yeah, the dad and his son get a face hugger on them, get knocked out. A minute later, face huggers off, and a minute later, they burst. Right, like, it, there's like two minutes. Right, like the face like, is supposed to stay on. For quite some time. Right. Again, yeah, we established like six to eight hours approximately. Yeah. I mean, even might be even longer than that. We're just saying at the very least, it's going to be six to eight hours. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was. I, I don't know if the person never watched an alien movie before making this. Oh, yeah. Again, it's like this, the same, the same, you know, I understand why they did it because they're trying to move things along, but like that's, then use a different alien species, make up your own. <laughs> Right. Don't take an, an existing the, franchise and then, you know, make it stupid. 
Right. It could have been a Predator franchise and then something else. Right. Yeah. It could have been anything else, but I know they, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not a fan. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if this was canon, it clearly destroys the lore, the species, everything we've ever known about it. Right. And the, the thing that really pisses me off, it even destroys the lore of the one that came right before it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get, like, okay, you want to, like, you know, destroy the other franchises before it became this particular franchise, whatever, that's fine. But you're ruining the lore that was established in the movie you already made. So, like, Alien vs. Yes. Predator, you already destroyed the lore you made in that movie. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Huh. Like I said, from the Predator side of this, it it's not bad. I mean, it, again, it... it stays pretty close to the, you know, what a predator would do, why they would send only one, I think was my main complaint. Um, last time he was a cleaner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a cleaner. He's the super guy, whatever. I I still don't would have, wouldn't have trusted this to one guy, but whatever. Um, you know, if, if he's that good, I guess, but obviously he wasn't because he died. (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, again, from the alien side, this this is, this is a horror show. I mean, this is, this is terrible. It right. did. It, it did ruin the lore. <laughs> period. It ruined the lore of the movie that came before this, and it ruined the lore of both franchises coming into it. Yeah, Alien more so than Predator, but still did both. Yes, uh, this is this is definitely a movie I skip yeah. while watching <laughs> either franchise. As you should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they even try to set up. You know, they had the woman at the end that was Utani, so they're trying to set up us next thing to, like, all right, we got introduced to Wayland. Now we got the Utani side. Right. And luckily it died there. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we didn't get a third one from it. So what do you give it out of 10 there? Graveyard. Uh, out of, for, for the alien franchise, it's, it, it's going to a one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you there, Salem. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, speaking purely from the alien side of things, uh, I mean, they did act like aliens sometimes. The other ones that aren't pred aliens acted like it. So, uh, uh, three. Give it a three. Three <laughs> chest bruisers out of ten. This is All speaking right. purely from the alien side. That's fair. All right. As we get into the two newest of this franchise, one being like ten years old at this point. Right. Something like that. Prometheus. Ah, <clears throat> uh, and how this begins, I believe, with them essentially looking at caves, mm-hmm. right, and realizing that there is um, some. Sorry, it starts off with a spacecraft leaving parts of planet, and it drinks. Um, you know, humanoid liquid in it it's essentially we find out it's the engineer right mm-hmm. the engineer turns out to be you know the the creature the alien the giant alien that we see from the first alien right um so he drinks a liquid dissolves into the water and and falls and it just goes apart well they, and, well, they, they show what looks like his DNA being destroyed and then it recombines into a new DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I said, we'll get into that a little bit with, with this here shortly. Um, 
but you know we, that cuts back and we see we introduce to Shaw and Holloway who are looking at a, a star map. I don't remember where exactly did, did they say where they were? Isle of Sky in Scotland. Okay. Um, and they realize that they've seen this star pattern, which is not a known constellation in their sky in other ancient cultures. And like, how would anyone know what this is? You know, right. Right. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not something visible in the night sky. They would have had to have at that time knowledge of what's beyond <laughs> the stars in the sky to know this particular right. formation of, of stars and planets. Like it's in the outer rim. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're they're taking it as, you know, hey, we, we're finding this stuff. This is this is an invitation, and we want to find out who these people are. Right? They said they're essentially they they think their their theory is they came to Earth and they created humans, but they went to planet to planet and kind of just like that's what they called engineers engineered life into existence and then stuck around for a while to help guide. You know the their creation for a little bit, then they disappear. All right, yeah, they're like, and what what evidence do you have for this? They're like, none. It's just what I right. choose to believe. It's like, yeah, okay. So that's this map of like five stars. Well, I'm just saying, like, you're a scientist. <laughs> like, why yeah. are you bringing faith arguments to a science discussion? And it's literally the answer to the first question. Right. Like, okay, you right. did something wrong. Right. Um. So they get. And here we get Peter Wayland, who's in charge of the Wayland you know, Corporation, who's going to fund the expedition, and it's a you know scientific expedition to help find you know their this path. They're going to follow their their theory, um, and it's going to be some map to some distant moon somewhere. I don't know if they exactly say where. Uh, no, they don't say where. They they just basically say. It was a map to bring us to here. I mean, that, that's all they, they say is that we're here now. Right. Right. So, um, you know, they go, you know, into stasis. We meet the android, David, mm-hmm. who doesn't act like a human. This is the first time I would say it, there's not that question whether he's human or not. Um, probably because we don't have the the android hating Ripley around for this movie, right? Um, I, I believe it takes them about four years to get there, so they're in stasis for about four years. So, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, that only took two years to get this whatever def- destination they're at. Um, that you know they get woken up, and their mission director who's Vickers tells them, you know, like, hey, you know, this is this is the mission, but you're not to make contact. You have to run everything through by me, um, you know, acting in, in the stead of Peter Wayland, right. um, the face of the company. Yeah. Vickers being played by Clarice Theron. Yes. And uh, wh- Shaw by Naomi Rapace. Naomi Rapace, yeah. Rapace, yeah. Um, um, and then uh, Wayland is played by Guy Pierce in weird old guy makeup. <laughs> very weird old guy makeup. <laughs> and doesn't look like anything like Lance Hendrickson. Amazing, right? <laughs> right. Well, again, at, at this point, it is far enough in the future to where he's probably a descendant. Because if the original Wayland, the billionaire Wayland who started the company, 
was back in what 2005. Oh, this is like and he and years he later. died right. So this is you know this obviously how many could have been three four generations you know. I mean, how long do you know companies stay in the name of of their founder? I mean, it happens all the time. As right. long as you have enough money and all the shares <laughs> keep going down to your family members, you can still be in charge. Yeah. So I was thinking that at first too. I was like, does that break the lore that there are two people? Like, is that supposed to be the same guy? But then I figured, no, yeah, it's probably just a descendant because like the Whalen and the wow. and the any of his predator was old enough to have a lot of children by that point. So yeah, but I mean, this guy was old too. So he he was eighty four years previously. He could have been alive. Well, he could have been Whalen's son directly. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, son or grandson. That, right. That's about as right. close as we can get. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, oh, so Michael, Lance, Michael Fassbender is David. I'm, I'm just trying to remember like all the the, the notable actors. Idris Elba is the captain. Yes, Benedict I Long is the one of the pilot guys. Yes, so we I get, we, get <laughs> Wa- we get Wong and Heimdall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I guess uh, the the Mandarin, right? <laughs> right, Guy Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I mean, it lands. It lands on the surface. Um, as trying to find, it found like what a structure there that they're exploring inside. Well, yeah, they they found like straight lines, um, on right. the ground, and they're like, they're well, God doesn't work in straight lines, right? It, yeah, that's always that. That's always that thing that people look for is straight lines and right angles. Yeah, because that's not found in nature. And all, yeah, and also perfect circles. Right. Yeah. All of which were um, at this site. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're they're exploring around, and we see essentially a big statue of a human-like head, but not quite human, just a little bit. Um, they find a corpse of the engineer, or the thing to be engineered, decapitated. Uh, and... Here's what they find cylinders, like perfect cylinders lined up like the alien eggs are, but they're cylinders. Um, right? Right. Um, so, uh, for some reason, Shaw takes the alien head, I believe. Yep. And, you know, they find other bodies lean that. You know, this was a. There's a fight here, and these are all engineers. They're all dead, so they think they're the th- the people that they're looking for that help create human race are all extinct at this point in time. Um. So a, a couple of people, people are so memorable. They're not. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Yeah. It's like the, the biologist and the geologist. Yeah. Um, get stuck at the site and there's a big like dust storm. So yeah. then everybody else goes back to the ship and then those two stay there because they got trapped in the storm. And so they decide to like, uh, keep doing their jobs in there. Like the geologist guys got these like little mapping globes that are like yeah, mapping like, out the interior of the place. Yeah. They see it and that's being passed. That's being passed up. to like scan out the interior. Right. Of it. Oh. Yeah, so then yeah, everybody else goes back to the ship and then they stay there. Um and then they see like the cylinders are now leaking like this black fluid. And the yeah. black fluid is like all over the floor and then there's like these little worm things. Well, they show a little bit of a scene earlier where they show like these mealworm things like floating around in it. 
Um, yeah. And then like, yeah, what, uh, what was it a couple hours later? And there's like these giant like lamprey worms. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. E- it's evolving after essentially being activated. It seems like. Right. Um, and it's kind of evolving to stuff that we're starting to recognize. Uh, I know David takes a cylinder. Um, and, uh, oh, they brought the head back because they wanted to test DNA, and they said it matches that very close to humans. Um, yeah, like an exact match. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know, David starts investigating the cylinder and the liquid inside. He, um, he dumps a part of it into a drink and gives it to Holloway. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that you know, he would he would, he wanted to find the answers you know no matter what right so you know he takes a drink not knowing what this liquid is we don't know much about it either right and, and then, then shortly then, after immediately bones Shaw yeah yes I mean that's fair mm-hmm. <laughs> yes they they, they bone <laughs> <laughs> um and then inside the structure meanwhile. Uh, uh, the uh, I'd say it's more snake-like at this point in time, right? Uh, yeah, whatever. It's yeah, it's a long it, it kills, fleshy thing. Yes, it kills one guy and then you know sprays essentially acid into the other guy's helmet. Right. Uh, yeah, and so he falls face first into this dark liquid, um, which we don't know much about. But you know, once the storm's done, they're able to return. They find, you know, the one guy's corpse that was killed by the the snake-like creature, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have more time to explore, and they do find essentially an engineer in stasis. Well, now at that at this point is when the dude gets really, really sick. Oh, Holloway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have they have to go back to the ship. Um, and, uh, Vickers rightly so does not let him on the ship. Um, and that guy, he's even smart enough to know that she's right, but he's like, you're yeah. right. I am infected with something. I'm going to kill everybody. If you let me on the ship and he like lets her kill him with a flamethrower. Oh yeah. Um, he, he kneels down and yeah. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, at, at that point they all go back and they're all like in mourning. And at that point, that's when David goes back because they're they're having like glitches to where they the the little you know scanner things keep saying that they're finding life signs but then they're like oh, glitching yeah. out and they don't know why and I, I they don't explicitly say it but i'm pretty sure it's that david is suppressing the pings because he wants to go investigate it himself right I he think. seems to be acting very odd at this point right yeah yeah so he goes to to check it out um, yeah, he goes down there. He because Vickers was watching what he was doing, and essentially, when he gets to that stasis room, he closes the camera or shuts it off. She gets all pissy that he shuts the camera off. Yeah, he finds, um, yeah, the one engineer in stasis. He also like you know finds a recording that shows him how to like work the the squishy buttons. Oh yeah, he starts pulling up maps and all that. <laughs> right, yeah. There's like a map yeah. they show. Like, um, it looked like they were going to go to Earth. Like that was their next destination, you know. That was yeah. like what was programmed into the computer, whatever for whatever reason. Um, and then something happened. Yeah. Well, like the room right before the stasis room was full of the cylinders. 
Yeah. So like it was like loaded to go and they were going to go to earth with these cylinders. So who knows why? Um, so they, he goes back to the ship. Um, and at this point, um, Shaw is super sick. Um, and you know, she basically, you know, talks to David, David's like, Oh, you're pregnant. And there's a scene earlier where she basically said she can't be pregnant. She's like, um, yeah, infernal, so, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, they say oh, that's impossible. I can't be pregnant. And then she starts having like, pains it's like it's obvious that this is like a weird alien baby thing um (laughs) so then she like goes and uh gives herself a a, because there's like an auto yeah auto doc bed that like automates surgery and she goes in there and gets the thing like surgically removed um it's a it's a bizarre scene it's gross well it's what's funny is because it was programmed. This is where you find out is that it's programmed for a man. Right. She's a woman and didn't know what to do with her womb. Right. So essentially, I don't remember what procedure she called it out. Well, she so was like, like abdominal surgery to remove a foreign body. Yeah. Is they what, couldn't do like cesarean. Right. Yeah. Cause it didn't understand. Like yeah. So there's like, right. yeah, there's extended scene where it like cuts out the thing and then like stables are back up. I think the grossest part is like when they pull the thing out, like the umbilical cord is like still attached and she yeah. has to like grab it and like yank it out herself. Like that's yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a it's bad, very, it's, it's squid like. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. So yeah, they, she gets cut out. She like gets out of there, locks the door and then goes into the, um, the med bay to like get help after that. And then, um, that's when we see that Wayland, is actually no. on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, like and the actual he, old he, guy. He kind of, yeah. Right. He gets his we get his villainous monologue, essentially. Um, that he's old, you know, figure, and he wants that he wanted funded to find engineers to help find a way to prevent him from dying. Well, I don't know. Yeah, if, so he wants I don't know if he really wanted to prevent him from dying. I think that was like a secondary thing. I think the main thing was he just wanted to meet his maker. And talk to died. his maker, yeah. right? That was like his purpose. Yeah. So he he preps to go leave and go talk to the stasis engineer, mm-hmm. and then this is, I believe, this is when Vickers, you know, says that's her dad. Yeah, yeah. Which is bizarre. Plot twist. Yeah, because well, he right. like says that like David is the closest thing to a son I'll ever have. He's the only child I have. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like he blatantly says that. It's it's very weird that she's standing right there when he says it. Right. Yeah. Which is weird. Right. But um at this point the guy who fell face first into the liquid comes back looking very gnarly. Right, yeah. He looks <laughs> you ever see Nightbreed? No, but he um, he, remind, he he looks like he could have been like a hills have eyes. Well, there's there's this guy in Nightbreed that's got like this weird moon shaped head. He looks like that guy. Yeah. Uh, but you know he's clearly like zombie ish, like lick black liquid coming out of his mouth. Right. And he he kills a couple of people. Yeah, he kills a bunch <laughs> and, of people. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually he, um, was a he does get killed, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he kills uh, a lot of people first, and it takes a lot for him to go down. Like they have to like burn him for an extended period of time before he dies. Yeah, 
Uh, let's see here. All this is is he? Idris Elba still in orbit? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, they're they're on the ship. They all decide. Um, at this point, they're all gonna go talk to the maker guy. So, like, Waylon gets in his weird, like, little exosuit thing to help him walk. Yeah, and then it's, so it's like Wayland, David, and they bring um, Shaw with them because now, like, she's all like you know put back together in the med base, and so now they bring her with. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Who else was with them? I think that's it. Oh no, there was yeah, there was a security guy or two, but they don't. I mean, they're like red shirts essentially. Yeah. Um, um, but I think they realize that the the structure actually might house a spacecraft, too. And it is the same spacecraft, essentially, that we see that they investigate on the moon in Alien. Right. That weird crescent moon with orb in the middle. Right. Ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they do go back. and they, they He wants David to wake up the engineer, and David's able to speak to him. In some language. Well, they had a, there's a little aside to where they, they showed because David was like alone by himself on the ship while yeah. they were traveling. So he had like four years to do whatever. And the one thing that they charged him with doing was to learn every language possible and then break that language down into its root parts and then find all the commonality to it. And then they had their theory was that was the language that these people spoke. And that's what he did, that. and so that's why he was able to communicate with them. Okay. Um, and again, this is I will go into my <laughs> rant about this movie later. Um, in the scene in the movie, when he talks to the engineer, it is not he doesn't say what he said, he doesn't say what the engineer says. Um, actually, I don't think the engineer says anything in the theatrical cut of it, right? Yeah. Like he talks to the engineer, the engineer just looks at him and then just rips his hat off. Yeah, so he rips his head off and essentially beats Waylon with Yeah, it. yeah. He essentially yeah, <laughs> rips David's head off, smashes Waylon in the head with it. I mean, he doesn't die immediately, but Waylon dies very shortly after this. Um he yeah. easily kills the security dudes and then yeah, and then the engineer guy walks away. <laughs> yeah, and he's um essentially going to go continue the mission that he was on before he was put in stasis and never taken out. Right. So he starts firing up the spacecraft. Um, Shaw, I know Shaw escapes and uh, talks to Idris Elba. I don't remember his name. <laughs> and uh, says, hey, he's, he's going to Earth. He's He was transporting these vials to bring to Earth essentially to kill humanity. So right. they created it but they want to destroy it now. Right. Um, so I know uh, she's like, you have to stop this. I don't know how, but you have to stop it. Um, and Vickers is also trying to escape. So like the essentially like what the structure pod hatch doors opening and they're trying to run before it opens all the way and run through like the opening metal. Um, and, you know, it starts to it starts to take off, and each Elba's character is like, "All right, well, this is going to kill everyone on Earth. We have to stop this." So he crashes their ship into it, and then we get the Prometheus School of Running. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it's goofy because they look right at it. It's not like they're yes. going, oh, shit, something's coming at me. I'm just running away. No, they look directly at it. They yeah. see that it's rolling directly towards them. And they're in a straight line. Yeah, and their plan is to run in the exact line that it's rolling in. Yes. Yeah, uh, again, I don't uh, understand. This, this is the Prometheus School Running meme for a reason. All they had to go was like 20 feet to one right. side. Yeah, I mean, it's like to you the right. Could have easily made it. <laughs> yeah, so Shaw barely escapes. She gets like roll at the last second. Right. Vickers, because she, she kept running straight, yeah. gets crushed. Right. Genius. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so... I know Shaw, then, yeah, so Shaw's the last one um, alive, but she still has. Does she have the head or did the engineer take David's head? No, she doesn't. She gets the head later on after the whole okay. confrontation thing. Yeah, so she goes to the lifeboat that was there that essentially they took to get down, um, finds that her her baby is all grown up now. <laughs> right. It's like giant octopus. Right. Um. Oh, that's where David's head is, right? Well, David head is still on the other ship. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. She does the whole confrontation because yeah, the engineer is now angry that the ship has crashed. So the engineer is coming after her specifically because he thinks that she's the reason why. Uh, why? Right. Who and knows? It doesn't. Also, assuming to take her ship. Uh, right. Whatever. Whatever reason it is, the engineer shows up there. Um, tries to kill her, and then she opens up the door to her baby. Which um, is a giant-ass face hugger. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a giant, <laughs> yeah, monstrous face hugger squid thing. Um, and so that, yes. they're, like, fighting and struggling, and then she gets away. Um, and then after yeah. she gets away, David contacts her and says, hey, you know, come and get me. And he gets there, and he's like, yeah, by the way, I'm just head. <laughs> you gotta help, you know, put my head in a bag and then help my body down, and then, you know, we'll rebuild later, but we're the only ones alive. And then he's like, okay, we'll go back to Earth. There's other ships that we can take. You know, there's other ships under the ground. Right, but um, she's like, no, I want to bring the fight to them. Well, I don't, think she, I don't think she wants to fight them. I don't think she wants answers. She wants to know what they did wrong. Oh, why why they, they what what humanity them. did wrong. Right, yeah. yeah, why they're trying to kill humanity. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then that's, I think that's where it ends. Yeah. Well, yeah, they show the, the giant face hugger I guess killing the engineer. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That's fair. That's, that's a movie in a nutshell. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, I know I saw this in theaters. Came out. Yeah. The, so this I. was, this is, uh, if you don't count alien versus predator, this is my first alien movie in, in theaters. Let's do, uh, 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 I saw, I believe I saw all of these from Alien 3 to this I've seen. Okay. I was probably Alien versus Predator. Um, Alien versus Predator I wasn't happy with. Alien versus Predator Requiem I was pissed about. If Prometheus wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't Ridley Scott and it wasn't as highly pushed as it was, I probably wouldn't have cared because I was very angry at the franchise at this point. Right. Um, but Which yeah, is, no, I did go. Need to make note that this is really Scott's return to the franchise, right? His triumphant return, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, first thought, um, 
I think we got the answers to questions that we kind of had of who the giant people were, what the spaceships were, and stuff like that. It left up a lot more other questions, too, that, you know, once this came out, we kind of got like, oh, this is going to lead up to Alien at some point. Don't you worry. Well, like five or six movies. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I have a lot. I have a lot of problems in this movie. And uh, okay, you take this movie. (laughs) You put it in a time capsule. You separate it from the franchise. It's a good movie, right? Yes. It's a good movie. You know, pretty solid acting throughout. You know, like the story makes sense and blah, blah, blah. But you put it back into the franchise and it doesn't make sense. The timelines don't make sense. I mean, you look at the technology that this Prometheus has. That's what, like a century before Alien. Um, And you just look at the technology, which is completely, I mean, just bizarrely different. I mean, you look at the spacesuits they had to wear in Alien. They were like these giant, huge, you know, like, you know, no range of motion, goofy looking suits. Right. And then like a a century earlier, they had like these, you know, yeah, sleek, light, you know, bubble helmets. You know, they're like, it's it's bizarre how clean everything looks. Um, it's only a hundred. Yeah, it's about a hundred years. Right, and it's it's just so bizarre. And here's the most bizarre part: is he made both of them? Right. It's very easy for him to go. Hey, make this look similar. Hey, make this look the same, but make this a hundred years earlier. You know, make their primitive yeah. versions of this. You know, the whatever pro- prototype versions of this stuff, and <laughs> put it in there. I, I understand they had a lot more money to deal with this, but they can't. You have you know technology that's two hundred years in the future. It doesn't, you know, right. it's like way past where Alien was. It's way past where Aliens was. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, there's ways to do it right. Like, you look at, like, the newer Star Wars stuff. Um, granted, I don't like all of it, but at least when they took, like, the technology and stuff like that, they did, like, a kind of, like, a merging, right? So where it still kind of yeah. looks like the 70s aesthetic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how the original Star Wars looked. They tried to keep that look standard right so the error the um, error looked the same right yeah, yeah. so like, i mean they they added technology onto it and stuff to make it look a little bit more modern which i mean you kind of have to you can't have everything be old all the time um but the way that it looks and stuff like that they kept true to that um and they've pretty much done that across the board and like again this is ridley scott he made both of these movies and how he can be so off in this one is just <laughs> it's so off-putting i mean he could have easily made rules easily told these people what he wanted and he didn't do anything i understand he didn't write it but he is still he was the one that he's responsible for this thing um i mean it just i mean i like ridley scott he's done a lot of good movies and stuff but when you hear him talk about this franchise it's like infuriating you know like he thinks that because he made the first one that he owns the franchise and writes the rules and writes the rules and that everyone else that's made anything in this franchise is doing it wrong because they didn't they didn't ask him about it first. You know, yeah. so he's basically not going to follow what anyone else did because he wants to do his own thing. So in his mind, he's making a prequel to his movie and he doesn't care about any of the other movies. Correct. And he also doesn't care about any of the books and comics and I mean obviously he doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff because he's too arrogant to probably even recognize that it's even there. Um, and it just, it's very off putting because you look at the timelines of this. I mean, like you look at the timeline of Alien. I mean, it very specifically says that this alien spacecraft is a derelict spacecraft that's been there for centuries. Yep. And it has alien eggs 
that well, 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 spoiler alert for this for the next one here that eventually they show as being developed in this time frame. Yes, right. So, like, okay, a hundred years before Alien is when they finally perfected in quotes there what the alien looks like. Right, even though those eggs have existed, you know, you look at Alien versus Predator, you look at how many books and oh, those existed hundreds. Of yeah, years I before. mean, they've been existing <laughs> in that form for for centuries, if not millennia. Right? right, and now he comes along and says that it wasn't even made in that way until not even a century before Alien. Until David, which is bizarre. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you do that? I mean, how arrogant do you have to be to basically go? Well, you know, fuck all you guys, you know, even, yeah. like even James Cameron, like James Cameron, who is probably a bigger filmmaker than he is at this point. Right. Yeah. He's basically saying, hey, you know, I don't like your movie, so I'm going to make a movie that directly, you know, goes against your movie because I want to be an ass. Yeah. And that's what I feel about. It. Again, the movie is not a bad movie. It's it's a well-made movie and the story makes sense in its own little world. But again, t- attached to this franchise is stupid. I mean, yeah. I'm glad they took the alien out of the name, but it still tries to be in that world. And it just it just fails. I mean, there, it just makes me so angry trying to get my head around how you can be so stupid <laughs> and not even stay true to your own movie <laughs> that you're arrogant and say this is the only movie that you care about in your franchise. And you can't even stay true to your own movie. Right. It just it's it's so so infuriating. Um and the other major problem that I have with this movie is uh, earlier in Damon Linehoff's career, um he thought that the way to add mystery and intrigue into a movie was to remove necessary plot information. You know, so like you you take the regular story like oh this is not mysterious enough. Let's take away plot information that was written into the script and is the whole reason why the ending of the movie happens and we'll just erase it. So then it becomes a bizarre, you know, ending to where the engineer is just hunting people and trying to kill them for no reason at all. Right. And that, that does has, it doesn't have a reason other than what? It doesn't like people. I mean, it doesn't yep. have anything. I mean, and in the original cut of the movie, like you watch, you know, the deleted scenes and shit like that. Um, there is a whole scene where David has a conversation with the engineer and it's subtitled. So it was filmed. Yeah, it was filmed. It made sense. <laughs> There's a reason why the engineer is angry that it was woken up. There's a reason why it's trying to kill everybody there. Um, yeah. And basically when it gets woken up, it realizes that when it looks at the faces of the people that woke him up, it realizes that these are not engineers. These are inferior kind of copies. And he knows that because he's infected. Because the infection is the thing that killed all the people in the facility. He's infected. He was put into hypersleep until they could find a cure. And when he was woken up by them, he realized that he was now dead because they killed him because they, you know, woke him up without realizing what they were doing. So he was pissed. They were trying to like ask him questions. And he said, you won't understand because you're just like, you know, lowly beings or whatever. Um, and he was basically pissed that they killed him because he was infected. Then they basically, he basically realized that they had been infected and let out the infection. And so now he has to kill everyone to make sure that the infection does not get off the planet. Yeah. So it makes sense what he was doing from his thing. But again, 
you know, Linda Hoff is, has to be a part of it. And that's the way that he likes to build mystery is to remove necessary plot information. <laughs> so instead of subtitling and leaving that conversation in place, he removes all subtitles, removes all that conversation. And now he just gets angry and kills everybody for no reason. There's no subtext as to why he's doing this. He just does. Right. And again, it, it's just bizarre. I mean, don't get me wrong. David Linhoff has done some good things. I think like later in his career, he's like getting better, but like early in his career, that's what he was doing. Like lost. He was, he was a big writer on lost. He was like the co-creator of lost. And that's what he did. That's how you build mystery and loss. You just remove necessary plot information. So now you have no clue what's going on and nor can you figure it out because not enough information is there for you to put it together. Um, and that was his basically MO. That's how he did everything up until this point. Now, does this make you a rewatch hard to do for you? It is. And it, it, it like I said, it's frustrating because the movie is good. It's a good movie on its own. But when you watch it, like, especially like now I watched all of these movies before Prometheus, then I got angry just, you know, at how, like he can't even follow his own timeline. Like I, I understand yeah. he didn't write it, but again, he can understand what he's making. Ugh, it's just, yeah, it's That's infuriating. Fair. It's very hard for me to watch. So like the rating of the movie by itself is different than when you put it in the franchise rating. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, I know, uh, you know, my first thoughts and rewatch is like this I, I completely agree. It doesn't fit with the Alien franchise. It needs to be something else. And I don't know if we're ever going to see the end of this vision, what his initial idea is. We have still, what, three or four more movies he has planned before the merger happened, before Fox was bought, so we don't know if it's ever going to be answered. Um, we don't know. Well, yeah, I don't really care if this stuff is answered. Like, you know, this one and, and Covenant that comes after it, I don't, I mean, they're not bad, but I don't really care. I mean, I really want to see more in the future. You know what I mean? Like, that's the interesting thing. The aliens are already established. Like, I don't really give right. a shit that much about their origin. How they got here. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. an interesting story, but again, he told it wrong, and now you can't retell it. Right. So, so you know, so let's get into the highlights. What do you think your highlights are for this movie? Um. I mean, I do. I like the 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 performances in it. I mean, I think that the cast, yeah, I mean, yeah. Clarice Theron and Idris Elba. Um, I mean, Guy Pierce, even though he's got weird old guy makeup on, he did a great job. I mean, Michael Fassbender is he, he's amazing just about everything he's in, but he does a fantastic job, you know, playing the the weird alien, you know, or, or not alien android character. You know what I mean? Like he does right. he does a good job at it. I think. Overall, I mean, it's 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 good. I mean, again, the technology looks cool, the effects are cool, all this stuff. It just, again, it's just these are all done well, but you put it in the greater franchise and they don't make any any sense. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that absolutely the cast, the effects are great. But yeah, low points in the franchise. You you nailed it. You really did. Um, I mean, not much more to discuss on it, but you know, for we're keeping this in the franchise. How many chest bursters out of 10 would you give this? Um, chest bursters out of 10, just based on uh, what he did to his own <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff, a five. 
I'll give it five chestbursters out of ten. Now, if if this movie was just a standalone movie outside of the Alien franchise, if I could remove that alien aspect of it, it would probably be an eight. Because it is a decent made movie. I mean, I do like the movie. I just hate that it's an aliens movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um I rewatch this enough, so it with that in mind, I do have to give it a seven just because it is something I can rewatch with it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll tie this all well together. But I mean, overall, even in the franchise, I do like it better than the Alien 3. It's on par for Alien Resurrection for me. Just because, just because the cast made it so good. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, again, I would <laughs> take it out of the Aliens franchise, and I, like I said, I would give it an eight. It's it's not a bad movie. I just those those major franchise things they take down a point each one that makes me angry. There's three <laughs> major points, so now it's down to five. Yeah. All right, you want to take us home? Uh, sure. Right. Um, so we have Alien Covenant. Um, and this movie starts with. A uh, it's a big colony ship that's going to a colony to be colonized. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, the, everybody's like in hypersleep. The only one that's awake is Walter the android. Walter the android looks exactly like David the android um, from yep. Prometheus. Um, and this is set, I believe, ten years later. Yes, yeah, it's ten years after Prometheus, so it's still pre-Alien, but after Prometheus. So um, yeah, they're basically going to their um, destination, which is some planet in the middle of nowhere. Um, They have to like recharge their batteries, I guess with these solar sails, you know, they have to do it. uh, It sounds like once a year, because they said they had to do it eight times and they were like seven years away from their destination. So it sounds like they have to do it like once a year anyway. So as he he puts out all these big sails that have to like roll out, um, you know, from the, from the ship, this big, like square configuration. essentially they get hit with a big solar flare, like a big, you know, neutrino wave, whatever, um, that knocks loose one of the, um, the things, but also like surges power through the whole ship. So like a lot of, um, you know, stuff, you know, gets blown out because it's a power surge. Um, so like a lot of the colonists, uh, die because most of them are all in like, you know freezer sleep, cryo sleep, long-term storage. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, there's like 2000, colonists they also got like weird embryos frozen in storage or whatever essentially they're looking for a next earth right right yeah so um yeah so they're all going to wake up um the crew you know like emergency gets woken up um some of the people are like stuck in the pods they have to open them the captain gets stuck in the pod they cannot open up his pod he ends up lighting on fire inside of it um, Great use of James Franco. Yeah, poor James Franco gets burned <laughs> up in his one second of time in this movie. Um, yes. So, yeah, they, they can't open it up, so he dies. So the second-in-command guy has to take over. And he seems like kind of like your typical jittery, nervous kind of guy. Um, also a man of faith, a self-described man of faith. Um, anyway, so he takes over. He's obviously not really um, liked by everybody else. Um, like he even like denies them to have like a, a funeral for the captain. Like, you know, he's like, it's all, we didn't need to get to work. You know, we need to do this stuff, blah, blah, whatever. 
<clears throat> um, so they, you know, kind of defy him by having a funeral anyway, but he doesn't get invited. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess we should also mention that, you know, there's 14 crew, I believe. Um, and there are seven married couples. <laughs> yes. Because they're going to be colonists. So, you know, their families are, are going out there. <laughs> um, I see that. Who's the main people? Um, Billy Crudup is the, the, the exo who's now the acting captain. Um, yep. Let's see. Danny McBride plays Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> um, I don't really know many of the other people. I mean, obviously, James. Oh, so we have Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. Back. Well, yeah. Matt, Mike Fassbender playing Walter. Um, and, well, we'll talk about later. Uh, I think that's it. I don't really know anybody else. I mean, uh, the main the main woman, uh, Daniels, she's in uh, Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts franchise. Okay, that's 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 all about all, all <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay. So yeah. So those are the only main people. Anyway. So, um. Yeah. They have their you know their kind of standoff between them. Anyway, they have to fix the ship, so they go out. Uh, Tennessee is out there. Um, you know, reeling in the uh, one of the sails that got ripped loose. Um, and as he's reeling in, and he's like way out, far away from the ship, he gets hit with this like you know a wave that is like some kind of transmission. Um, yeah. So he comes back in. Uh, they they watch the transmission and they figure out that it's somebody singing John Denver, um, country roads, but it's through like a weird like you know, kind of alien noise filter kind of thing. This is like, goddamn John Jeffers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I recognize him anyway. Right. So um, they, you know, so they find out the point of origin of this thing and they find out that it's, it's only like a couple weeks away, this planet. And the planet is actually has better like numbers than the planet that they're traveling to. Right. Just for, for, colonization of right. humans right. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, it's got like a better atmosphere, better blah blah. All the all things are better. So this is like a better candidate um for them to colonize rather than this other planet they're going to. Um and instead of, you know, making the decision, he's like, "Okay, well, let's go check it out." You know, we don't have to make the decision that we're going to colonize this place, but let's go check it out, see what this, you know, uh, transmission is because it's obviously it's a human transmission. They're singing John Denver, obviously or human, right? Um, right. So, they, so they go to this planet. Um, they land on the planet. There's like a, a constant hurricane on the planet, kind of, sorta. Um, so they they land okay, but like you know, very quickly, you know, they they start having interference with people on the ground. Um, anyway, so they're all moving. I want to say what like uh, like ten of them are down there. Oh, yeah, because Tennessee and I think two other people stay up with. Right. Yeah, so there was 14 originally. Well, there's. Oh, oh, sorry. Jesse Smollett is one of the other people in this movie. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it'd have to be it'd have to be 10 because one's dead and three are left up. Well, three, three are left up there. One is left back at the landing thing. Yeah. So then, yeah, there would be 10 of them. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway. I guess it doesn't matter all that much. Anyway, so uh, yeah, they they the lander like you know, technically eleven of them go down there, um, to go check out this stuff. They get they land there, they get out. The air is fine; they can breathe everything. Um, they're walking. They see like way overgrown wheat, but it's a very obviously wheat like from Earth. Um, right. So they're like, okay, well, someone like was here and cultivated stuff. It has to be human, right? Um. So they're going through um the one. T- 
who's oh the XO's wife uh, is like a well I don't know biologist or something. She wants to like take samples of the soil and stuff like that. Um, so one of the security guys stays with her, um, and then the rest of them continue on. Um, they end up finding a uh, a ship that you know one of the the alien ships, and it's essentially they find um, evidence that uh, Elizabeth Shaw was there. Yes, so they find her like her dog tags, and I think like a picture of her and uh, the doctor guy. Right, Holloway. Right, yeah. So they they end up finding um, the control panel where she left the message. Um, and so they figure out that it came from there, but the spaceship is like, you know, derelict. It's been obviously been crashed. Um, you know, it's got big holes in it and stuff. It's not going anywhere. Um, and the technology doesn't seem to be working other than sending a message. Um, so they decide to, to head back, uh, as they're heading back, the guy, the security guy, um, that's helping the XO's wife take samples. Um, he goes out for a smoke and gets squirted in the face with, black stuff that comes out of some kind of puffball mushroom thing or something. Right. Um, yeah. So he ends up getting really, really sick and deteriorating really, really fast. Um, so they're, you know, they immediately, she grabs him and brings them back to the lander because they'll get there before the other people catch up to them. Um, so another guy, when they're looking around the ship, he also gets some black stuff shot into him from puffball mushroom. Um, so they get sick, so they need to bring him back too. Anyway, so as they're going to, um, you know, the the XO's wife and the security guy, as they're getting to the ship, like he's getting really, really, really bad. He starts like puking blood all over the place. Like it's not good. Um, yeah. So yeah, the 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 lander lady is Tennessee's wife, and she's like panicking. She's like freaking out. Like you know, she doesn't know what to do. She's screaming for help. Like the the ship. Uh, up top. Well, the Covenant is the name of the big ship. Um, they can't communicate with Covenant because the storm is preventing them from, from getting there. There's a lot of interference. Um, so basically, they bring it in. She tries to like quarantine them by putting them in the med bay um, yep. and kind of sort of locking the door behind them. Um, and then as they're in there, like they take off his shirt to check out what's going on. He's like, starts like spraying blood out of his back. Um, and yeah, she locks the door. She's got blood all over her face. She tries asking the captain guy, what do I do? And he's too far away, you know, because they're dealing with their own sick guy trying to get him back. Um, and then so, you know, she goes back to the room and then she watches um, like a, you know, what do you call it? A proto chest burster, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Break out of the guy's body, like after he's having convulsions and stuff. So there's like, you know, this thing's running all over the place. There's blood all over the place. Um, the exo's wife is like on the, on the ground, like trying to fight it with a knife and it like just goes up and just starts tearing her face apart and like just tearing her, yeah, tearing her apart. Um, so the, the one lady, she opens up the door and goes in there with a shotgun to kill the thing, uh, slips and falls on a bottle of blood, uh, and misses. And so then the, you know, this the alien thing, like, you know, gets out. Um, so she's like chasing it with the shotgun, shooting it around. It looks like she hits it a couple times, but it's still going. Um, and as she's shooting around at this thing, she ends up hitting, I don't know, fuel tanks or something. Who knows what it is? Um, but it blows up and the whole freaking lander blows up yes. uh, just as the the other people get close enough to watch it explode. 
Um, so yeah, the dude, the captain, the acting captain guy, you know, watches his wife burn, you know, in there, uh, in the explosion. Um, and as they're watching that, then their own sick dude, he has an alien burst out of him. Um, and then, but they all have guns. So they're all like, you know, trying to shoot this thing, but it still manages. I think it still kills a couple of them. Yeah. I know it kills, it kills one guy, but like ripping his like throat out or something. Yeah, but it's it starts going after uh, the main woman, right? Right, and then um, and, and then uh, and yeah, Walter, Walter, yeah, the 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 David lookalike um, stops it, but he loses a hand in the process, right? Because he's protecting right Daniels, right? So yeah, they end up killing that thing, uh, but they're obviously now trapped on the surface. <clears throat> um. So as as they're you know going to do that, like more of them show up. I guess they, they say like, "Oh, there's more." I don't know where they would have come from. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, but they say there's more. Whatever. So then, um, some hooded guy comes out of the woods and shoots like a big daylight flare up in the air. Um, there's like this big bright you know flame, and so the, the alien thing runs away. Or alien things, I guess, run away. Uh, he says, "Follow me." So they follow him back to uh, this big city, right? Yeah. It's like a big city. It's like an engineer city. But as you go in there, it looks like Pompeii because it's all like these, like, you know, people in like these horrible death poses, like all yes. like solidified into statues. And it's like this huge, it's essentially, the, essentially a necropolis. Of that right. Thing. Right. Yeah. It's like a huge, like just open air, like market look, you know, just like flat yeah. open area but now it's just covered in like dead statue people yeah um yeah so they make it their way back all the way through this big place into like you know whatever their town hall was i don't know what it was there's a big like building at the top of the stairs it's like their capital or something um so yeah this guy leads them in there he tells them it's safe uh, at this point you see that it's david um and now he is got long hair he's all like you know scraggly looking he's not wearing any shoes <laughs> yes he's, he's coming uh, right yeah he's uh, he's uh, <laughs> kind of uh, bizarre um you know obviously he like he says hello to walter he just says hello brother but that's it like there's not really much else there um people aren't really that surprised i guess i guess yeah i guess they're used to seeing like multiple models that look the same or something yeah i guess i mean i guess they don't understand like who he really is <clears throat> um yeah so they're, they're basically you know he shows him what happened he says that you know they were part of the prometheus um they came there um when they went to land they you know something accidentally happened to where they released all of their payload you know which was all those the black canisters from prometheus um and it killed everybody you know but he stresses that he did it on accident um and then he said that um dr shaw died during the accident Yes. Um, and that he's been there alone ever since. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so then they're basically they're trying to communicate back to the ship. They get like really, really spotty um, connections. Um, they're trying to like ask for help, but they can't really get a clear, you know, communication in there. You now Tennessee keeps like trying to bring the ship closer to the planet. Um, and they're like, you know, pushing past safety standards, whatever. Fighting um, the storm. Yeah, yeah, fighting the storm, trying to get communications to them. Um, 
they finally get some communications to them and they say, hey, you know, bring the cargo loader down. Uh, you know, so they decide to do that. Um, and as everybody's like trying to clean up and like, you know, recover from like the, you know, the attack in the, <laughs> in the wheat field that they had, um, it, it seems like David is, you know, doing nefarious stuff. Like first thing he does is he cuts his hair um, to look exactly like Walter. Correct. Which is just odd, but nobody seems to comment on that or anything. <clears throat> um, and then, yeah, like people are um, getting picked off. I'm trying to, yeah, because he lets the other alien in, the one that had been chased away before. Yes. Um, he let that one in. It killed that one lady that was trying to wash her arms that were injured. Yeah. Um, it kills her. Then, you know, other people like they see, you know, her dead or whatever. And they're, you know, cause they're trying to find everybody to gather everybody up to leave. Um, and at this point, David uh, takes the captain and brings him down in like this basement. Cause he says, he's going to tell him what really happened. Well, because, because the captain um, shoots the thing, which enrages David. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, he kills the thing that kills the lady. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he gets all pissy about that. And he's like, oh, you know, come with me. I got to show you something. And he brings him into the basement. And then we see like the traditional eggs of, or yeah. I'd, I'd say like they're like proto versions. They don't look exactly like it, but they, they're, they're very pretty close. damn yeah, close. They're pretty close. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it, uh, you know, one hatches, the, the thing comes out, attaches itself to the, the captain. Um, and then, you know, of course, we have an extended, or I should say an accelerated time frame of the thing hatching out, like, almost immediately. Right. Um, at that point, everybody's, like, trying to gather everybody together. Um, they're calling, you know, a bunch of them get killed as they're trying to escape and stuff. Um, they eventually get the the cargo thing down. Um, and before everybody gets on there, like Walter and David have a standoff because Walter figures out what they're doing there. Um, because he finds parts of Shaw. Right. Yeah. He finds like Shaw, like cut open and like, obviously been like weirdly experimented on or something. Um, there's yeah, like, oh, he's got all so. kinds of weird, crazy stuff down there. He's got like all these weird diagrams of all these aliens and like different versions of the, the chestburster things. Um, right. He's got like a, an engineer that he's got like plasticized that he like peeled apart. Yeah. And there's all kinds of weird stuff down there. Um, so, I mean, obviously he's been doing weird, crazy stuff. But he's saying he, you know, perfected the, he made the perfect organ. Right. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah. Then, um, yeah. So Walter knows that bad stuff's going on. So they kind of fight. Um, at first it looks like Walter is doing really well. Cause he's like, Oh, it's like, you know, basically slaps him down a few times. He's like, yeah, we've had some upgrades since your time or whatever. Um, and then they kind of like fight back and forth. Again, it looks like Walter is doing really well. And then at the end of it, they just kind of cut away. They don't really show you the end of what happened there. Well, cause Walter's able to heal himself. He like gets stabbed in the neck, but this is, you're, you're missing the best part where they had the, the Walter on David, most sexual flute playing lesson I've ever seen. Oh yeah, well they had that. There was also a scene where they were—he was like straight up kissing him. Yes, like yeah. Like obviously, David is like unhinged. Like he's obviously yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like he's obviously like <laughs> gone off the deep end. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he's yeah, he's not doing 
well. And there's a lot of, a lot of weird, crazy stuff going on. He's obviously like obsessed with the aliens. He's like, you know, mad that people are killing the aliens. He's obviously breeding them and letting them kill people, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So anyway, ship comes down. Um, I think the only people left at this point are Daniels. Um, the, the head of security dude. Yeah, who gets his face like yeah, he's half got, melted yeah, off? He's got a, yeah, he's got like a, his face melted, and then Walter are the only ones that are alive. Yeah, because Walter says David's gone. Right. He took care of him. Right. Yeah, so then, yeah, Tennessee actually flies the cargo thing down, which is just a little tiny cab. Like, I don't know if yeah. all of them survived. How are they all going to fit them in there? Uh, they would be standing up. like convenience. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> holding each other up. anyway um yeah so they get there um they get in the little cab thing and of course as they're taking off the alien that hatched out of the captain you know jumps on the ship and then we get like a, this goofy fight scene between um daniels and the aliens where she's like attached to the rope and she keeps falling off of the cargo thing <laughs> like she falls off of it like, like three times and uses like the claw, yeah. And then she, on yeah, the ship yeah, and then she grabs, balances it, right? Yeah, and then she grabs the thing with the claw and then squishes it, which you know burns it up, but whatever. But yeah, Tennessee is like saying he's this great pilot, and he like crashes the thing all over the place. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's like from what it looks like, he's a terrible pilot, but whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, he eventually they get back up to um, the freaking ship. Uh, you know, everybody is obviously upset that like you know most everyone is dead. <laughs> There's only like right. one couple left, and those—that's the couple yeah. that stayed at, on the big ship, and that's yes. Jesse Smollett and his girlfriend. Oh, sorry, his wife. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So everybody's like, you know, prepping and getting ready to to go back to sleep so they can go back to their original destination. Um. And of course, the you know the the younger people have to have uh you know bone sessions Sexy time. before they go in there. Um, they're having their bone session, and of course, they get attacked and murdered. Um, yeah. And they're thing there's they show like a person dead in the medical thing, but I don't know who that would be. As though it was the uh, the guy with the half melted face. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense because I never thought about him. Yeah, he got he had apparently had the face hugger on him. Oh, right. I didn't catch that. I just saw like a guy in blue like scrubs, and eventually, yeah, and at good. first, I thought it was the wife, the younger wife, because she was wearing those scrubs earlier because she like has the medical training. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, she's dead. That's weird that they just killed her off like that. And the next scene she was there, I'm like, well, who the hell was on the floor? Yeah, it's, it's the guy with the half-melted face. That makes sense. Because, yeah, because he didn't show up for the rest of the movie, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so the alien kills both of them in the shower. Yeah. Because they were having bone session in the shower. Yep. Um, so yeah. So they they uh, you know have a, a session in the shower. Um, they uh, Daniels and Tennessee are like the only ones left at this point. Um, so they decide uh, that they're going to fight them, fight this alien on their home turf, and which is where the vehicles are somehow going into right. it. And Wal- um, yeah, and Walter Walter is there telling them you know where it's at, monitoring the situation for right. them as they're and, like going yeah through. closing doors behind them and, yep. and like kind of leading the alien along by like you know, sealing doors and opening doors and stuff like that. Right. Um, But I mean, obviously if you could like just lock it in an area, why wouldn't you just lock it in an area? I don't know. Or why would you just force (laughs) it out the airlock? Why would you bring it into the, I don't, whatever they bring it into this room with all the trucks that they're going to use for their, 
um, terraforming, terraforming yeah. and their and their colonization efforts, whatever. Um, so they're all the big vehicles and trucks and stuff that are like really important. <laughs> they're gonna bring them in that room. Um, so they put on spacesuits um, and they go in there, and their plan is, I guess, to like trap them in a truck and then throw the truck into the space. Yep. Um, so they do that. They trap it in the truck um, and they go to throw the truck into space and then the truck gets stuck on something. Of course um, they try to free it up and the alien gets out of the truck. Um, and as they let the, uh, the second truck go, um, the alien, you know, goes to jump into the other truck and then somehow they make the cow catcher on the truck into like a big stabby thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and anyway, the alien gets impaled on that thing. Both of them are fine. Um, but they lose all the trucks and vehicles and stuff, whatever. Um, so they seal everything back up and then, okay, now they're going to go to hypersleep, um, and, and go to the place. Um, and as, you know, Tennessee gets, goes to sleep. And then as she's going to sleep, um, there was a mini little thing earlier where she uh, was going to build a log cabin with her husband. Daniels was um, and she told Walter about this and Walter was like okay you know like I'll help you yeah because Walter's deeply in love with right yeah, well yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess that was a little side thing that they said but um yeah and so you know as she's like you know she's in the cryos tube like you know as you know like oh are you still gonna help me build that cabin and he looks at I mean I don't know it's a weird scene because he didn't say anything or do anything but I guess she understood that he didn't get what she was saying yeah, and then she immediately goes, David. Yeah, and he goes, uh, you know, and he just kind of like, you know, smiles, and you know, and anyway, I mean, she's yeah, she's like <laughs> screaming to get out, but of course the crowd, you know, thing has already cycled and started. Um, yep. and so then, yeah, Walter David now goes into the embryo place, and he puts two like alien embryos that he had swallowed earlier into the the embryo farm. <laughs> And then starts looking at the people frozen, like whistling. Right. Yeah. So, like, yeah, essentially, he's going to, like, uh, whatever, start, continue yeah. his experiments on these colonists. Yep. Uh, and then the movie's over. Yep. Uh, so, what were your first thoughts when you, when you saw this? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it has less egregious things wrong with it than Prometheus does. Um, again, like by itself, it's not a bad movie. Um, I would say it fits into the franchise better than Prometheus does. I mean, as, yes. as a, uh, a sequel to Prometheus, it's good. I mean, it, it continues the storyline, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Numi Rapace did not want to come back <laughs> for another one. Um, Correct. but I mean, it, again, it, it didn't really matter that she wasn't there. Um, I don't think it would have added much to it anyway. Um, but. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I know a lot of people don't like this movie. I've heard a lot of people saying bad things about it. I don't think it's bad. Um, no. And again, I don't think it's as bad as Prometheus is. Um, it's got a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, I thought the, the performances did well. Um, I mean, there was some goofy parts, but I mean, they all have goofy parts. Um, but it was, I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was, it's not great. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's definitely better than Prometheus. Yes, hands down. Right. Better than Prometheus. Well, again, I think it's just because even though this one is also done by Ridley Scott, uh, it it just doesn't break as many rules as Prometheus does. You know, like Prometheus ruins his own freaking timeline in multiple ways. And this one, even though it's continuation of Prometheus, it doesn't like bring up those things that it broke. You know, at least it just lets them lie. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's good. Now, is this on your rewatch list? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no I didn't think not. so. I mean, I, mean I might want to, but then, like, again, I like watch the first one and the second one. It's hard for me to get to the third one. And then this one's it's, the yes, sixth it's one. Hard, it's yeah. hard to get to. It me. gets harder as it goes along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's definitely on my rewatch list. It's something I do put on background noise every once in a while. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of like a better ending cap than like the middle of it. Like, it's like a little bit of resurgence that we got with the lulls with like Alien vs. Predator. Mm-hmm. And you would, yeah, I agree. Like, you expect the guy who created Alien to come back with full force and had that bigger resurgence that we really needed for this franchise. Right. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, again, uh, these were successful. I mean, I'm not yes. going to say that they weren't like, I don't particularly like them, but they made money for the studio. So that's why they yes. kept going. Correct. And there's supposed to be three or four more. Well, supposedly, Ed Ridley Scott kept saying, I'll keep making them as long as people can want to keep watching them. Yeah, he said that eventually it will tie in exactly to the point of Alien. Right. Um, what about highlights for you? Um, highlights? I mean, I really like all of the like drawings and mm-hmm. and like art project things that like David had in there. They're like very disturbing. They have like an almost like uh I want to say like a like a Sherlock Holmes villain vibe. It reads HP Lovecraft meets HR Geiger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um <laughs> but yeah, but like I said, I would also say like, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle in there too, because it, it feels like an eighteen hundreds villain. You know, That's with the, like the way that everything's drawn out and like the way that, you know, yeah. things and the way that music is involved and just stuff like that. Those are kind of like that. That's a high quality, you know, villain <laughs> at yeah. that point. Right. We get a villain villain. Right. Like, straight up villain. That's not alien. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, so the villain, even though it's not alien, is your high point, which is interesting. Um. I mean, yeah, the, the the acting was the good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't up. It was definitely uphill from Prometheus. Uh, you know, did I wish Shaw come back? Yeah, I know she got a lot of crap from being compared to Ridley. Even this actress got compared to being to Ripley, and they're like, we're not Ripley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I stop expecting that. Well, I mean, I, 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 to be fair, it is the same franchise. And again, right. when you when you have Ripley in four movies, and then yeah. you start making them without her. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Right. All right. Low points for you though. Uh, low points. I mean, I don't know. I, I, again, it's like the, I don't know. The technology level <laughs> bothers That's me. So far advanced. Yeah, it's it's just so far beyond what Alien and Aliens. I mean, even I mean. Forget they're basically all the rest of these. It's so advanced compared to what they have. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why he thinks it's. it's I just don't understand what goes through his brain, like how that makes sense in his world. Like he doesn't even attempt. I'm, I'm not sure it does make sense to him. Right. I mean, it does. Not wow, even honestly. attempt to like merge them or or explain why or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, honestly, the low point is before the fight. The the forced sexual tension between Walter and David. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's so out of place. It's, it's weird. So out of place. It is weird. 
it, it doesn't I, I don't need it there. Well, I think I think what they're going for is it's just like, um, you know, like just showing how unhinged and how like mixed up David is. Uh, because they even they even show it uh, a couple times. I think like Walter made a really good point is where he was he you know because they kept like quoting stuff to each other, um, right. you know like you know, oh this is you know this person saying that this is this person saying that you know trying to make something you know, like they're even both trying to like out profound <laughs> each other with quotes right. and stuff and then like David says one quote and he says it was by one person and Walter goes no it's by this other person. And then he makes the thing and he says, just one bad note can ruin the whole symphony. And I think what he's trying to say is that David has a glitch of some kind and it's enough to unhinge his whole world. Yeah. And I think that's really what it was, what they were trying to, to say with that is like, yeah, he's doing weird shit, but I think it's not all his fault. He's got some kind of fucking problem. You know, some kind yeah. of glitch happened. Obviously, his fucking head got ripped off and then put yeah. back on. So, I mean, it's not surprising if you would have like a, a a fuck up. And that little fuck up is the thing that's causing him to be like, you know, a murderer or even worse than that. He's like a, you know, genocidal. Yeah, I mean, the mad scientist killed. How many of those engineer people were there when he dropped those bombs? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's another thing. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but yeah, he admitted that he purposely did that. He purposely killed all of these people to create the evolution of the aliens. Right. Because he wanted to, to, you know, force the evolution of the aliens rather than, you know, get some answers from the engineers. Yeah. I mean, another little point. For me, is it's the David show. <laughs> like it really is. Like it's not about the. I understand it's the origins of aliens, but it's not about the aliens. It's about David. Yeah, and I don't think it needs to be about David. It's very little alien in these movies. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I. I Again, I think that he's just trying to. I mean, I, I like David as as the villain. I think he's interesting uh, enough. I think there's a lot going on, you know. Especially like you know between like David and Walter, even though it's Michael Fassbender playing both roles. I thought yeah. he did them both good. I mean, very nuanced. Yeah. It's very nuanced, right? I mean, like yeah. Walter's yeah. voice. I mean, it I, I, it's interesting enough that it's, it's so American. different. Yeah, it's like a, a yeah. like a weird, deeper, like a tough guy American voice versus his like lighter english voice. i mean it's right yeah it's 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 well done i mean again i like michael fassbender i think he's a fantastic actor i think he's been attached to a lot of really bad movies so people <laughs> don't think he's that good but i think he's a fantastic actor he just does a lot of bad projects right um i mean is it horror yeah i'd say so well i mean yeah i mean just, yeah. just the mad science experiment the genocidal maniac yeah, it's like essentially you have like a uh, um, like a Jason's mom situation, right? right. Like it's well, it would be like if Jason's mom and Jason both existed, and Jason's mom was controlling Jason. Yes, you know. So yeah, there's somebody behind the controls, but it, that is also just as evil. But right, that's fair. All right, so number of chest bursters out of ten mm-hmm. for you on this one. Um. I will give it a 6.5 chest versus out of 10. It's still not re- just re- under <laughs> the rewatch line. 
Uh, I, I, 7.5. It, it's, it's better than Prometheus, but it's still not even close to one and two. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Um, so kind of wrap this up. We know there's an alien TV show coming out. Mm-hmm. We don't know any more details on that. Where, where do you want this franchise to go? Do you want to go back to its roots with the franchise? Do you want to, I'm sure you don't want to see this five or six movie story arc pan out, obviously. Um, uh, where do you want it to go? Uh, I mean, I I really just want more told in the standard aliens world. I mean, obviously you have, you know, Alien and Aliens, which are, are you know, obviously directly related, but very different movies. Um, then you have like Alien 3, which is, again, you know, a very different movie. And then you have you know, Alien Resurrection again, very different movie. I mean, Ripley stars in all of them, but they're all very different. They're all very different time frames, different things going on. Um, I mean, I would like to see something else in that realm. Um, I mean, right. ideally, it'd be great if Sigourney Weaver came back, but I guess Sigourney Weaver's getting pretty old now, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what kind of <laughs> what kind of you know actiony role that she would get to to play at this point. You know, she'd be like a like a Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah coming back with you know limited physical <laughs> action but you know still trying to do that i don't i wouldn't want to do that to her but i think something in that world would be would be cool i think like an actual real like you know colonial marines kind of thing where they actually get like a real chance against the aliens you know what i mean not in a situation where they can't shoot at them um so do you want to see humanity bring the fight to the aliens yeah yeah i want i want to see like starship troopers but with <laughs> colonial marines and xenomorphs that's what i want to see i'm doing my part <laughs> that's 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 what i would yeah 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 like that's fair that's fair i mean i'd still like to see alien 5 i know she was in talks with with neil to come back for alien 5 mm-hmm. which would be cool i don't know what they're gonna do with the franchise i'm hoping the tv show is another story in the universe um, I mean, really why I hope from what that. I understand, it's supposed to be, but I mean, who knows? Who knows where things We don't know. Here? Who knows where things We don't know. Everyone's hyped for Halo, and look what that turned out. I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch it. Um, from what I understand, <laughs> it's not bad. It's just not what the fanboys were hoping it would be. Right. Because, again, if you have, like, an entire season of a show, like, of course, the main character is going to have to take his helmet off and talk to people. And yeah. I don't think they like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the TV show because I know you don't really like Child's Play and Chucky, and the, the TV show is fantastic. I think I think we get the right people behind it. The TV show could be fantastic. You know, we're maybe getting a Predator one that we're getting a prequel to Friday the Thirteenth series. They can't do Jason, um, right? It, it has potential, and obviously, when it comes out and anything else, we will tack on. This. We might even just do the whole, you know, TV show as a whole too. Right. Quite honestly, um, you know, I even hate to bring it up because this, this, the game gives me so many flashbacks of like horrible, horrible <laughs> things. Um, but uh, the Clone Marines game, the game made by yeah. Gearbox, the, the yeah, I mean, just, uh I mean, I don't even know what I can't even think of a word bad enough to describe that game. But um, if you play the story to the end. Uh, Hicks actually survives. Oh, wow. And Michael Bean is actually in the game doing the voice of Hicks. 
like <laughs> continuing that story. It would have been really cool if that was actually a thing or if the game wasn't a complete punk of shit, you know. <laughs> um you saying it was it was Jeepers Creepers Reborn? Um it's a game <laughs> that was bad enough for the people who bought the game to sue the company and win. Yes. That's how bad the game is. Okay. They sued the company for making a crap game and lying about what they made. Well, the oh, the big thing was the footage. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, it was direct lie. They 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 said they yeah, used in game yeah. footage, and it was very clearly not. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, very stupid. I had that game pre ordered. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was heartbroken. Yeah. Yep, I said I know this is your franchise, but yeah, we'll 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 get to the TV show. I think we'll do it as a whole episode when it's done. Yeah. That way we can watch everything. I believe they have not, uh, well, I know they have at least one AAA Aliens game in development right now. Um, but there are rumors that there are two or maybe more. Perfect. I know we played the new Aliens game together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that again, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's not, it's one of those, it's like a back for blood kind of game. Or, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, or Left 4 Dead, sorry, and Back 4 Blood is the newer version, but it's like a Left 4 Dead, where yeah. it's like you have, like, little missions that you're supposed to play with multiplayer, but there's not any real story to it. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's and just... that's, again, it's it's a world that's got so much story to tell. Why are you why are you putting it in that kind of game? It doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, well, I mean, whatever, that's my own We'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I did play it, you know, quite a bit, but yeah, yeah it wasn't. It wasn't great. Stupid hard. Right. Stupid hard. Yeah, it was. All right. Let's why don't you bring us out here. Alright. Stay tuned for next week's podcast where we be we'll start our thirteen sleighs of Christmas for all of December. We will start out with Bad Santas, which includes yes. Christmas Evil, Krampus, and a Christmas horror story. I only know one of those. Yep. So to watch those. Hold on. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So that's yeah. It's going to be all of December or four episodes, right? Yep. Yep. Four episodes. Yep. Thirteen December. movies for thirteen sleighs. Yes. Yay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we'll start on that next week. Uh, until then, I am Salem saying, "Long live the new flesh." And I'm Graveyard saying, "Have you checked on the children?" Bye. Good night.